these are the required points to express in UI. Feel free to paraphrase and speak from your own experience. If you haven't heard about Anchors, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Goodbye. Thank you. It's time for Twit This Week in Tech. Man, do we have a panel. Simone de Rochefort is here from Rocket. We've got Ian Thompson from The Register. Tech Crunch's Alex Wilhelm. And there isn't a topic we didn't talk about. Starting off with why movie theaters are going out of business, why Prime Day is not such a great deal, how Mixer screwed Ninja over, but Ninja had a pretty good payday, and uh, why Subway sandwiches are not considered bread in Ireland. It's all coming up next on Twit. This Week at Tech comes to you from Twit's LastPass Studios. Securing every access point in your company doesn't have to be a challenge. LastPass unifies access and authentication to make securing your employees simple and secure, even when they're working remotely. Check out lastpass.com slash twit to learn more. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Twit, This Week at Tech, episode 791, recorded Sunday, October 4th, 2020. A soupçon of Zuck. This episode of This Week at Tech is brought to you by Manscaped. Get the Manscaped Performance Package. It's the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, and you'll get 20% off plus free shipping when you go to manscaped.com slash twit. And by ZipRecruiter. Hiring is challenging, especially with everything else you have to consider today. But there's one place where hiring is simple and fast and smart. That place is ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ziprecruiter.com slash twit. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And by Mint Mobile. Get your new unlimited wireless plan for just 30 bucks a month. Get the plan shipped to your door for free when you go to mintmobile.com slash twit. And by Barracuda. Did you know that 91% of all cyber attacks start with an email to uncover the threats hiding in your Office 365 account? Get a secure and free email threat scan at barracuda.com slash twit. It's time for Twit This Week in Tech. I We've got a panel that is on fire. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is the show we talk about the week's tech news. And uh, it's except for Ian Thompson, it's all a replacement team. <laughs> uh, we, we were hoping to have Christine Warren here, but uh, she's not feeling well. But that's okay because cause of the fires, the smoke. We're all kind of not feeling well these days. But uh, it took two to replace her. <laughs> <laughs> so, Simone de Rochefort is here, her cohort on the Rocket Podcast. It's so good to see you, Simone. 
We Thank missed you. Thank you for having me back on. Thank you for coming on. And you yeah. said, I, want, I won't be on the show unless I have backup in the form of Alex Wilhelm from TechCrunch. Hello, Alex. It's great to see you, Alex, is uh, still living in my be. house. The, yes. haunting, uh, the haunting has stopped, I hope. The haunting has stopped, but uh, on the air quality front, Simone and I, being East Coasters, have uh, have been sitting relatively pretty. But I have so to say, jealous. it made me miss the Bay Area more than I think it should when everyone was suffering a lot. I uh, I wish I had been there to suffer take with part. us. Yeah, no, I, I really? guess I just felt like I missed it. Really? <laughs> no. Yeah. And when it snows, I'm not going to feel like I miss it at all. <laughs> I'm going to oh, think. Come I- on. I, I really miss snow. This is one of the worst things about living in the Bay Area. Yeah, snow is three hours drive away, but just waking up in the morning and the lawn's covered with this virgin thing of snow and you go out and make little angels in it. I miss that a lot. That's the Terry, smoke, yeah. however, that, hell with it. That is Terry Thomas. I mean, Ian Thompson from theregister.com. Oh, he really looks like Terry Thomas. That mustache is definitely has a life of its own now. Uh, it is going at the end of the month. So enjoy what? while you can. Why? Yep. Why? Why? Are you going to grow it again for November? You like cutting it off October thirty first to regrow it? Well, no. It's I've, I've been keeping it because I was going to do a final week of costumes for the for the news for the news team, um, and I was going to do that last week. But then Monica convinced my wife convinced me to leave it until Halloween week, which ah, actually smart. seeks more more out. Yeah. But I'm looking. I'm so looking forward to getting rid of this thing because I've never had a mustache before, and I will never have one again. <laughs> Is it bothering you? Have a little uh, centipede on your lip. <laughs> oh, it's just, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you've got really bad hair because, yeah. you, you know, you've had hello over your head. Now, imagine that with on your facial hair. It feels like you've just got this gooey, horrible, prickly mass on your upper oh lip. Oh, my God. And it's just. It's going. I'm just. I'm going to be so happy to be clean shaven again. What are you doing with it for Halloween? Um, well, I did uh, like a, a month of... When we started in lockdown, I did like a month of dress up for the crew just to sort of keep morale going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've got the – I've been growing this and the hair has been uncut for six months so I can do a really good boar wrap. Uh, oh, my God. God. And so, did you know? Is this your fault that he came back? He's coming back, isn't he? <laughs> he the is. New, I, I have to say the, I wasn't that into the original boar wrap film. This looks – interesting as well but it's kind of a one-trick pony in a way yes on the other hand there are classic moments so you know special uh, announcement from kazakhstan ministry of information borat is back borat to the movie <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, i really want to say that i'm sufficiently mature as to not appreciate humor of this level but at the same time i'm also 12 and so i have a suspicion <laughs> that i'm going to watch this and not be proud of myself at any moment well, going through Borat too, but I mean, just looking at this preview, I mean, I'm in. All it's right. so I'm in silly. Box. It's so well, silly. If you watch the end of the trailer, it says, "Thanks, Ian Thompson." For bringing <laughs> Borat back. He's well, right now a he, Borat's shopping for Halloween costumes, so it's. I uh, mean, uh, apparently just he like crashes. Yeah. He apparently he crashes a white supremacy concert at a Mike Pence press conference. Oh, that um, that I've wasn't seen... for Borat. He's been doing that. Oh, right. Yeah, no, he, uh, this is Sasha Baron Cohen, who has a really interesting sense of humor and goes, boldly goes where no liberal has gone before uh, in order to expose the corruption, the venality, and just the stupidity in some cases of the white supremacist movement. And uh, that is something. That is something. Well, I if wonder. You ever see his, 
if you ever see his Ali G stuff, oh yeah, I wasn't a mass, I wasn't a massive fan, but yeah. the dr- the drugs episode where he's with a member of the Metropolitan Police, he goes, so this is class A uh, class A drugs. This is the best stuff, right? No, no, that's the legal classification. <laughs> <laughs> really, oh, the, the Ali G interviews with like the bishop, they had, they had like a Catholic priest on one time, and he didn't know what he was getting into, and it's just one of the most awkward bits of television I've ever seen, but also one of the absolutely funniest things I've ever watched. I just I, I had like one eye closed while I was watching it, like trying to just see a little bit. Brutal, but such a good um, ability to stay in character and really bring out a moment in the in, in kind of live recording. It's not like they get multiple takes of a lot of that stuff. Yeah, the, the, yes, that's right. You got to get it right the first time. Actually, that brings us to a story because, um, it, and this would have been normally in the bottom of the pile, but I actually think it's kind of a big deal. the The decision to postpone the James Bond movie. Mm. until next spring at the earliest means that movie theaters, which have just been hanging on, hoping they could make a little bit of money with James Bond, are now thinking, uh, it's over. In fact, uh, two of the biggest movie chains in the U.S. and the U.K. uh, are kind of Regal and Cineworld are apparently planning to close all theaters in the U.S. and the U.K., Next week, and the question is, how long can AMC hold out? Uh, I yeah. wonder if this Borat, you know, if I mean, how, th- there was initial hope. Remember when Trolls World Tour came out? I don't, but I hear that when <laughs> <laughs> if you had kids, you know. Leo. That's uh, how I mark time, actually. Absolutely, days Trolls World Tour. Yeah, yeah. So that was one of the first movies to come out during COVID, during quarantine, and they streamed it and twenty bucks a pop, and it did pretty well. And I think the Hollywood said, oh, thank God we can charge 20 bucks, kind of make some of our money back through streaming. And then that was it. It was completely Mm -hmm. flatlined. And notice you don't see those $20 rentals very often anymore. There are very few first-run movies available to stream. It's uh, terrible. But the movie companies have been doing the... Oh, sorry, the movie companies have been doing this for a while. Surely there was a, a thing a couple of years ago where you could pay an exorbitant amount of money and provided you had the yeah, right but kit. Only in your a house. handful of people would do that. Yeah. But I mean, this seems cinemas are currently, I mean, I, I hate it because our local cinema is really good and it's struggling. But, you know, cinemas are dead. Basically, you can't socially distance in a cinema and expect that to be an, an, an economical business. So surely it's in Hollywood's interest to set up some kind of system where you can do these sort of things. I think they're just so worried about IP protection that they're going to let the whole thing burn rather than actually go for a sensible solution. I think that solution. may be it. Disney's charging $30 to watch Mulan on Disney+. Plus. I can't imagine anybody paying that. Okay, mm-hmm. so... Leo, I said that on Twitter and I was absolutely destroyed by yeah. parents of young kids who said, look, we were going to go see it in the theaters anyways. It was going to be $100 plus That's a true. babysitter. That's now true. That's 30 bucks. And I was like, all right, parents. All right. All right. They're like throwing tomatoes at me. It was brutal. Well, they're saying like that, but it has not propped up the movie industry. Now, remember mm-hmm. uh, Tenet, uh, which was a very hotly anticipated film. I couldn't wait to see Christopher Nolan's newest. Uh, it was an IMAX movie. It did all right globally, $300 million worldwide, did terribly in the U.S. And in fact, in this past week, it was beaten by the re-release of Hocus Pocus. (laughs) (laughs) My 
goodness, that's embarrassing. A, that rocks. <laughs> B, I think all the movies that we're talking about here, like Mulan and uh, Tenet, these are like hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollar movies. I I feel like those are the ones that could draw in the most eyes on streaming, but also are the ones that are going to struggle the most to make back their money because they were so freaking expensive to make. Rightfully so, because people need to get paid. But it's just, uh, it's such a tricky situation. They really didn't want to release Tenet on streaming because it was shot for IMAX. They really thought maybe the time has come to release a movie in the theaters. People will go back to the theaters. Um and they were, I guess they were wrong, it was at least the in the U.S. Pig, right? Yeah, it was the guinea pig. Like, it was the one that was out there. Like, let's try it, see how it works. And it did not work. And in the U.S., I don't know. I don't know when I could imagine going back to a theater myself. Um, no, I don't care so. how good a movie is. I'm not going to risk my life to see it. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. film is worth that. But here, here's my here's my hope. I really hope we, this brings back more like $75 million movies that might work in streaming. I feel like we had this, like... Everything had to be an enormous blockbuster. All film budgets were like two, mm-hmm. $300 million. Everything had to have this enormous marketing campaign, television ads, Chevy tie-ins, terrible music. And it became this enormous production because everyone was betting on these kind of Avengers-style hits or Avengers-scale hits. Bring back smaller movies. You know, well, that's kind of what I, Disney I, did. They had this movie. Like- it only cost uh, $25 million to make in 27 years ago. Starred Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy <laughs> as witches. They said, well, let's re-release this poorly reviewed 27-year-old horror movie. And? It's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> it just earned for one, knowing what Hocus Pocus is. It was in 2,570 theaters. It earned $1.9 million. Oh, man. But you see, Ouch. there is a, a school of thought. Yeah. There is a school of thought. This could lead to a real resurgence in the British film industry because we've always kind of focused on Made making cheap, crappy movies. Yeah. I was about to say economical and very, very well-produced Prestige movies. movies. With lots of backgrounds and soft cushions and some nice English accents and the rest of it. But, you know, why spend $100 million on a movie when you can do a pretty good movie for three to five mil and, you know, make your money back on the streaming side of it? I'd, I'd love, you know, the, these sort of smaller, smaller things. I think the thing is streaming services like Netflix are doing that. I think the bigger studios might have the problem unless they're like a Disney who has their own streaming platform um, because that's where the audiences are. So Netflix can release like a thousand cheap movies and people will watch them because they already have Netflix. But unless you have a deal with a streamer then you don't have a way to distribute that movie except to do the $30 rental and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of torn. Apple TV, for example, seems to be throwing an awful lot of money at doing these, trying to become the next Netflix and, and throwing all these shows. i got to say, the space yeah. one looks quite interesting. But, you know, an awful lot of this stuff just looks like, okay, what were the B scripts that we couldn't quite sell to yes. anyone else? Right, get <laughs> that out there. Did you watch, yeah. uh, being a British fellow and a fan, I presume, of the beautiful game, uh, have you watched Ted Lasso? I haven't, no. The premise I've, I've is it's been... an American American football coach, college football coach who was very successful, comes to England to manage a Premier League football club, and <laughs> hilarity ensues. Yeah, I mean, I love Jason as an actor, but, you know, it just two very different games. I mean, it's you've got the American side, which is basically runny, kicky, throwy, throwy but that's ball. that's the joke, Ian. Of course it's I different know, games. I know, I know. <laughs> I know, but I'm sorry. 
it's that it just it's it's a completely different mindset. There's funny know? moments where he says, well, "Okay, so they're going out in the field. It's a pitch. You call the field a pitch? Yeah, it's called a pitch. Okay." There's all these cultural moments, which actually aren't that funny, but there's a lot of it's believe it or not a fairly sweet movie. But but Apple has a problem because almost everybody who's watching Apple TV Plus at this point got it for free when they got an iPhone a year ago. Yes, mm. you don't renew that. By the way, I bought an Apple TV a few months ago. You don't get another year. That year's going to run out for most of us November first. At which point Apple's going to be faced with a PR problem because I have to think most of the people who got that free year, and I'm including myself, are not going to renew. It's just you've seen it all. There's nothing new on there. That's a problem. I didn't even. Well, yeah, that was up. really bad timing for them because yeah. they had their they didn't shows, know about COVID not very many ago. shows, and then the yeah. pandemic, and now no one can shoot shows. They can't produce. Yeah. Hopefully they're saying that succession might start shooting again in New York this fall. And I will physically stand on every bridge at once and keep people out of this city <laughs> if it means that I can have more succession. I'm with you, Simone. Let's let's lock off New York City just to get Brian Cox and company. <laughs> I got to know what's going to happen. Right. I watched oh one episode of succession and gave up on it. Oh, no, you can't just watch I don't one. know what. No, no, that's the, no, no, no. the appeal. Slap him. Will you slap him? Uh, I, I'm. I, I'm on my way to Rhode Island right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's like The Wire. Everyone, uh, my wife in particular, is just like, you've got to watch The Wire. You've got to watch The Wire. I watched a couple of episodes. It's like, it's okay, but I'm not about to spend the next 60 hours of my TV watching yes. time covering yes. the entire, you know, it's seven, six or seven series no, 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 or whatever. No, no, no. Simone and I are right. Succession are right. is actually one of the best TV shows ever done, as was The Wire. But uh, you do have to watch the first several episodes of Succession before you really understand how horrible this family is. And a lot of the pleasure of watching Succession is going, oh, my God, they're so horrible. Right, Simone? It's I like agree. The it's, worst it's the family. family dynamics that are fascinating. Yes. Okay. Or you could watch Still Game, seasons one through nine, again, and enjoy Scottish humor and laugh and enjoy yourself. It's popcorn. You don't so, have to watch people be terrible. I I live in America in 2020. I open the door and the crap tornado <laughs> spins into the house. The last thing I want to do is stick my head into another bucket of fecal and nothing matter. nothing bad ever happened in Scotland, right? Exactly. All they do oh, is talk about on. the weather and each other. It's lovely. <laughs> Ian's yeah, actually well, Scottish. Uh, I'll I let him defend him's land. <laughs> Are you kidding? Scotland is it's grim. It's, it's grim. It's not. It's not. Grim. Didn't you see Train Spotting Lad? It's the oh, grim. Come on. It's the grimmest country in the world. I, I, I did. I did oh, love dear. that when Train Spotting and, and Train Spotting Two was shown over here. They had to have subtitles in. Yeah, because it, it was. It, it, it added in. an extra feature because <laughs> the subtitles took out the swear words. So you know the, ra- <laughs> the, the the phrase "raj" c word got turned into terrible personal. No, no, Are we doing this entire bit because none of us watch the Minecraft streams? So yes, exactly. You know, congratulations, <laughs> you win the talk prize. About it. We will talk about it. I'm going to save really it for exciting. later. We'll talk about it because okay. there were other things that happened. Google, maybe you didn't notice. I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't. It was a very relaxing event. Had a, a night in on Wednesday. We could talk about that as well. Um, there's some news. There's some news. I just, you know what? I thought we'd start with something fun and light uh, because honestly, what else we got but TV to to watch? I'm so true. There's some good stuff. I don't know how. I guess they produced stuff at last year that just never got released. 
But there's there's new stuff coming out that's quite good all the time. Um, I mean, the big problem is in the UK is soap operas because you know they're having soap operas having to deal with COVID. Britain's longest running soap opera is a radio show on Radio Four called The Archers, which has been going since I think well, that you can 19, do. 1947. Radio? But, wow. it, it, but they, they didn't even, you know, they didn't cover COVID for like the first right. three months of lockdown. And then they had to go on pause. And when the Archers goes on pause, Britain loses its mind, um, you know, because but it's, what, it's, a, it's, it's an audio so, only. Yeah, that would be it's, easy it's, to it's, produce safely. Well, you'd think, but everyone had to get organized. But also, they had to build COVID into the storyline without panicking people. And The Archers oh. is it, its the nearest you're going to get to a cult in the UK. You know, if you go onto The Archers Addicts forums on Facebook, my goodness, it's, <laughs> it's just right down the rabbit hole. There are people here who've been listening since birth. Wow. And they will, any inconsistency they it's, will spot. It's very sad, but we've killed all of our... Uh... Old, really, like Days of Our Lives and the classics. But I am very happy to say soap operas are taping again in New York City. Simone, you can run over. And you'll be very interested how they're doing this. When they have to do a love scene, they can do socially distanced for most of it. You wear a mask till you're on camera. They, they separate. The, but there are times, as you know, in soap operas when you have to make out with somebody. What yeah, they do is they do a quick cut. And the purse, the actor's significant other comes in. <gasps> they make out with that person only showing the back of their head or whatever. <laughs> I am, I kid you not. This is the article from uh, Fortune, how soap operas are filming love scenes. And it's bizarre. The bold and are the beautiful thing I've ever heard. Are they the significant others? Like what, what is that job? And is it like SAG appropriate? Like, do you become a member of the Actors Guild at that point? I need to know. Well, they also will bring in a mannequin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now we're talking. Oh. Uh, I mean, so there's, a, there's always been a certain amount of smoke and mirrors in that, though. One of my favorite stories was from uh, Game of Thrones with, um, who's the tall Hawaiian guy? Um, oh, Jason Momoa. Momoa. Yeah. Yeah. When he was filming his, his scene with Emily Clark, which is basically a rape scene because it's Game of Thrones. Um, but in order to diffuse the tension, he wore an enormous pink fluffy weed yes, protector. I read about that. Um, yeah. And just, just to try and raise a smile. But the idea of making out with your with your significant other on screen, it's a very good point. Do they get SAG benefits? It's just like... Well, uh, let's see. When Bowden's Flo Fulton is kidnapped and chained to a radiator... Its co-star, Darren Brooks, as Wyatt Spencer, comes to the rescue. It really called for a big embrace and a kiss. So once she was freed, we stopped tape. Katrina, the actress's husband, came in and they finished the scene. We see the back of his head and I think it's very convincing. <laughs> <laughs> because soap operas are known for their photorealism. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think it's convincing. Anyway, I don't, I don't know how we just, we definitely got down a rat hole here. Let me, let me take a break. A we will them. talk about Minecraft. We will talk about, we're waiting. Apple, the other shoe uh, has not dropped. We know Apple has an iPhone up its sleeve, but, but when? Um, we could talk about that. Uh, Google's announcement. Google says it's going to give a billion dollars to uh, the publishers. We're talking a little bit about that. Oh, that's that. nice of them. And uh, and Twitter, by the way, just a little word of warning. You cannot tweet 
that you hope the president dies from COVID. Because it turns out, who knew this, that all this time Twitter has prohibited posts calling for people's harm or death. Which must huh. come as quite a shock to your co-host, Brianna Wu, on Rocket. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> to the squad members and a few other people. I've even gotten death threats on Twitter. I, I had no say, idea yeah. that was illegal. So um, there, I, I haven't huh. threatened anybody back, though. I'm glad to say. We will come back. TikTok also has, has, uh, has had a reprieve, a reprieve, which is a good thing for Fleetwood Mac. Did you... I'll tell you why. Oh, the, the pumpkins. <laughs> I'll tell you why. There's, there's a lot more to come. Now, Simone, you may want to cover your shell-like ears for this next commercial. Uh-oh. Uh, as, as many of us know, just look at that mustache, uh, we've been in quarantine for some time, which means Don't we probably me haven't been grooming as much as we should it's time to manscape. This oh, is <laughs> okay. You can all just go away right now. You can all just go away right now. Uh, no, I think manscaping is great. This is uh, the manscaped. I'm holding up for those of you listening. The manscaped pure performance package, which is a great subscription package. They have something new, though. I'm going to mention the, the performance package because it comes with uh, the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which is honest. What are you laughing at? Which is honest. Have I never done these ads for you before, Ian? Is this the first time you've heard this? No, no. L listen, look, we all do manscaping because if, if you cut the weeds back, the tree looks bigger. So, no, go for it. You, ex <laughs> you took the words. <laughs> Poor Simone. She didn't know. We didn't want I her. didn't need to know this about Ian. <laughs> <laughs> this I'm is glad you're all just taking care of this. Carry yes, on. you wanna you know what? You I'm sure you feel the same way, Simone. You don't wanna come out looking like a come out of quarantine looking like a Sasquatch. One has to take even if you're alone in your quarantine, have some self respect. You know, just so they've just come out with a new thing, which I'm I, I well, let me finish showing you this. This is the lawnmower 3.0. Beautiful ceramic blades, which means they wear well, they're extra sharp, and they vibrate 7,000 RPM, which means you can barely hear it. And the faster it moves, the more accurate and the less pull, the less nicking. It's got this great light, so if you're going in to the deep forest, you can really see where you're going. I love this. Plus, it has a USB charger, so it's got a little stand, which I have on my sink, just at the ready at any time I need it. I could just whip out the 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 the, the lawnmower 3.0. This is awesome. I want we don't have it yet, so I want to talk about something new, but I can't show you. You'll have to go to manscaped.com/twit to see it. This is the new weed whacker. See there it is uh, on the uh, on the um, dais there. It's it's right underneath the trimmer. The weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. Now, let me tell you something. As a man of a certain age, when you get past uh, 50, hair starts coming out of the su most surprising places. You really don't want a hairy ear or a hairy nose. The Weed Whacker, waterproof, 9,000 RPM, 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. I've tried the cheaper versions of this. There's nothing like this. This works so well, it has a proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks and snags and tugs. You don't want to stick anything in your nose that's going to snag or tug. 
trust me. And guys, can I just tell you something? And I'm sure Simone in her in her heart of hearts agrees. 79% of partners polled admitted long nose hair, major turnoff. And don't get me started on ear hair. This is the best tool for the job. Then there's the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. There's, of course, a whole variety of potions and lotions like the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. Uh, when you get the performance package, you get two free gifts, Manscaped boxers, and a lovely travel bag. You'll also receive a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking and lawn mowing time clean and enjoyable. It's very important. Uh, so thank you, Manscaped, for making our um, orifices a little bit <laughs> less hairy. 20% off plus free shipping right now at manscaped.com slash twit. Manscaped, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D dot com slash twit. Yes, 20% off and free shipping. This would be a great gift uh, for Christmas, for the holidays, for the man in your life, and a little hint, perhaps, that you have higher aspirations than being married to a cave dweller. Manscaped.com slash twit. I got an email the other day <laughs> and said, I don't tune into twit to hear about Leo shaving his nether regions. <laughs> Why well, not? The thing is, it's, Why it's, not? It's the exactly. Thing no one, it's the thing no one tells you about getting older, and it's really irritating. Mm. It's just mm. like, I've, I've passed my half century last year, and... They don't tell you that your hair starts growing in and your ear and starts nose hair out. starts growing out. It's nature's and little it's joke, like, cruel little I've joke. I've never had ear hair before. What is the I evolutionary know. argument for ear hair? There is none. It just, there I is don't understand that. <laughs> this has been At Home with Leo. On <laughs> T-M-I. No, I mean, my, my wife took a certain amount of flack when... Uh, I feel when we first went up to you because she doesn't shave her armpits or her legs or anything like that. She, I don't. She doesn't expect me to. Why should I expect her to? But Very it was just a, she doesn't shave her legs in. It's like yeah, well, so, I'm not shaving mine. So why the so hell it's fair. I expect her to do the same? Yeah, I fair, grew you know, up in the '60s and the '70s, and nobody did. Mm. Uh, you know, it's, it's just it's just mores. It's what uh, you know. It's what style and fashion tells you. Um, also, yeah. we're seven months into a pandemic now where no one can leave their home. So you know what it's I that did? time again. You know what I did Frank? yesterday? Yeah. I felt so bad for my wife. I went out and I bought a foot bath with a heater and a massager. And I said, honey, I'm not gonna, I don't know how to give you a, a, a pedicure, but please put your feet in here. And I gave her a massage and a, and a foot massage. And, and I said, and she said, don't cut my nails. I said, you cut them. I'll, I'll file them. She's, and I, she didn't want me to paint them, but I've offered to. We have to help each other in these difficulties. That's really nice. Aww. Yeah. Was, I love that. Aww. Yeah. You heartedly serious. Actually, was, I highly recommend it. It was, it was a fun thing to do. We, did it, we were outside. It was a nice day we, for the first time, fresh air in, in a, quite a while. It was kind of nice. It was very relaxing. I enjoyed it too, and we listened to Michael Cohen's book while we did it. <laughs> Just to set the ambiance right there, isn't that romantic? Oh, oh, scrub, 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 and you, you, absolute, absolute, you know, ro- Romeo there. I, I kid you not. We were at the point where he goes, and then the FBI without knocking came in my house and took everything. It's, it's really, it's like a mob, it's like a mob memoir. It's hysterical. Okay, enough. 
Um, although I have to say, I've been waking up every morning for the last couple of days going, who's got it next? Who's next? Who's next? It's been a scary time in Washington, D.C. Well, I mean, it, it, it's also... It, I mean, I, I, we may be coming to this later, but I, I, I do have to say that, you know, everyone's just like, oh, I hope so-and-so dies. I hope so-and-so mm-mm, dies. Mm-mm, you know? Okay, we'll keep that Bad quiet. juju. Don't say that. That's bad mojo. No one should die. Enough have oh, died from no. this. I, I wouldn't wish, co- wish COVID on my worst enemy, and Trump isn't even on the top five of that. So, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just like... No, I wish him well. I hope he recovers. It uh, It's uh, terrifying. And, and however you feel about the president... Uh, it is very scary when, you know, the first inkling that something was going on, uh, a plane spotter who keeps track of all of the air traffic noticed that the 3B Mercury, two of them have lifted off and were flying over Washington, D.C. These are the command and control planes for a nuclear war that go up. It's called looking glass that go up in case... The Strategic Air Command is destroyed in a preemptive attack. They have these uh, flying command and control that can launch nuclear weapons from submarines, atomic missiles. And they went up half an hour before it was learned the president had tested positive. And there's a good reason for that. It is very destabilizing, very risky when the president of the United States is at a commission. And it was a very clear message from our armed forces. Do not mess with us right now. They yeah. said it was pre-planned. Yeah. No. Of course. They, where we stand on that. They said. Right? Of course. Well, yeah. I mean, you know. I'm sure yeah. they're in the air all the time for training exercises and something and so forth. But uh, this was of note. And uh, I think not a coincidence. It went up 30 minutes before this uh, announcement. Well, so. I know you love snarky British humor, Leo. So uh, the BBC uh, news quiz at the start uh, for this week was recorded on Thursday night and they actually opened the show with this show was recorded before we heard about President Trump's infection we hope that he recovers fully and that he gets better and as a president (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to read the chat room now for like two minutes after that one I'm going to pass on reading chat (laughs) wait there's chat Oh, man. Yes. Oh, well, there's a, if you go to twit.tv slash live or something, there's a chat room. It's okay. That I, I can't read and talk no, at the Simone, same time. We uh, know this. You, this is only your second time on Twit. I think we generally advise that until your 10th or 11th time, you stay away from the chat room. You have to I'll be, stay away from the chat yes. room. <laughs> Honestly, you have to be acclimated. I find the chat people are uh, 99% of the time oh, wonderful. Great. Oh, I love that. Um, there are a couple of. I, I'm not going to say the W word because this is a family show, but no, I mean, but by and large, Wookies? Uh, uh, mm. Wankers, but <laughs> nice. <laughs> Listen, we, we just now have a show title. whole thing on ball shaving. We can suspense <laughs> <laughs> with the formalities. The show title is, which, what is it? Wikis, Wookies, Witches, and Wankers. Weirdos, <laughs> Wookies, and Wankers, ladies and gentlemen. Um, be worse I should mention military.com said those looking glass planes were launched. It was coincidental. Mm-hmm. Um, they were part of pre-planned missions, purely coincidental. I Yeah, okay, believe what you want. And, yeah, well, no, that, I mean, it's, it's interesting. The, the amount of stuff that gets done on this is, is actually quite shocking when you look into it. I did a... It's actually uh, fascinating a, and somewhat reassuring. Well, yeah. 
<laughs> well, I mean, I, I did a speaking tour with uh, another guy who's been covering this. I don't know if you know, there's hundreds of millions of dollars worth of $2 bills in a bunker ready for nuclear war. Because after nuclear war, money is going to become essentially worthless because there's going to be so much of it lying around. So they shrink-wrapped about $500 million in $2 bills and put them in a bunker because nobody uses those, and those will become the currency after the apocalypse. They have these planes constantly circling around. There are what huge nut job. shelters ready to go. What nut job you know, wrote a paper that convinced the Pentagon to bury $2 bills because those would be the future currency? There's well, some no, drunk because when in the 1970s, yeah, I mean, in the 1970s, when they introduced the two dollar bill on the understanding that people would want to use it, nobody did. So they had all these two two dollar bills, which they didn't know what to do with. So they shrink wrapped them, stored them in storage. You know who would uh, buy those? Steve Wozniak. He is <laughs> seriously. He yeah. loves he loves two dollar bills. He would buy them. Apparently, I didn't know this. You can get them from the mint uncut. So he'd buy them in big <laughs> sheets, like of a hundred two dollar bills, and then he'd cut them up and bind them into a pad, like four bills, like a like you know a a, paper, a pad of paper, four bills per sheet, and then he would in this is very was he would go into stores. They'd say, oh, that'll be $8. And he'd go, okay. And he'd tear off a pad and he'd cut out the $2 <laughs> bills. And he'd say, here, uh, and uh, he hoped, he hoped they would freak out and think they were counterfeit. Because nobody knows there's even a $2 bill. Right. <laughs> and the fact that he was cutting them with scissors off of a pad, <laughs> it kind of implies that maybe this is something he bought at Woolworths. Uh, he just loved that stuff. That was a nutshell. You know who I mean, else buried it's, it's, money, though? Pablo Escobar. So maybe we shouldn't be imitating that. The yeah, bunches I mean, of money. Who's who's gonna, Come on. I mean, just I know, really think it through. Who's going to dig this up? I mean, what is the deal? So, okay, the world. Yeah, who's going to be left to We have to a big nuclear war. <laughs> currency's no good anymore. And then, you what, you write it on a plaque somewhere? There's there's a million dollars in $2 bills buried here. Dig them up and spread them around? Neon sign that comes up. It's the very bizarre. Fallout 76, it's honestly. Just bizarre. <laughs> it's just bizarre. I don't know. Um, yeah. All right. Let's I'm going to be dead. I plan to be dead. I live in New York City, so I'm not going to make it out. That's the best reason to live in New York City. You want to be on yeah. ground zero if it happens. Die fast. Yeah. You, wanna, well, you won't sorry, even that know. That good pizza. You know, it's, that and you know, good pizza. That and pizza, yeah. But you don't want to yeah. know, right? Uh, you don't want to... Slow lingering radiation death for sure. Yes, I yes I do. I want to fight to the end. Maybe I'm just less depressed scary. than I used to be, but I want to survive that. <laughs> I want I want to be there. You know, I don't want to be the first one to be vaporized and turned into carbon dust. I want to be the last Hell person with a bone in my hand fighting off the hyenas. I can see you as Snake Plissken with a with an eye patch. Well. <laughs> Hell with that. I'm getting I'm getting a bottle of good good scotch, going out into the back garden, getting the ultimate suntan. I'm with Simone. Oh, I want to be, I want to be uh, on ground zero, and it just it's over and done with, and uh, you don't even know what happened because it happened so fast. It's just you're incinerated. That's the way. And you don't what you don't want to be is like in a small town like Petaluma when all the big cities are destroyed, and now we got to figure out where the two dollar bills are buried. That's, <laughs> that's the last thing I want. Well, well, I would, I would say just, just for viewers, if you, if you don't want to get depressed, don't watch a British documentary called Threads, 
which was based on actual war plans done in 1984. It's kind of like, I think the American version was the day after, but that was kind of oh, like yeah. a, Dis- yeah, yeah. a Disneyfied version. Uh, Threads was When I was young, and I don't, maybe this Wait. was a morbid streak of mine, but I read all, like on the beach, the classic, oh. remember oh, that? They're in Australia. Shoot. Neville no, Shoot, I'm, yeah. Oh, man. I'm an official member of the Neville Shoot fan club. That was so. a great novel. So it the, is. The plot the is they're in Australia, so they're the last to go. So civilization has not only been destroyed, but the but the nuclear fallout is basically destroying the earth. Nobody will survive this, and they're in Australia. That's my nightmare. <laughs> if you want two dollar bills, though, here's my hint: okay. the Washington State Ferry Services are the only people I've seen like hand out two dollar bills as oh, nice. change. So if you're looking for those two dollar bills, just head up to Washington. Oh, nice. Uh, and you and you get a ferry, ferry ride in to boot, but you yeah. have to pay in hundreds or something so that you get a lot of change. So weird. Yeah. yeah. Prime Day. Who's excited? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not a fan no, of Amazon. It's, it's, it's marketing. It's marketing bollocks. I'm sorry. It's just like, here's a thing that we, you know, we're going to do some. It, it's it's kind of like black, you know, the, they the, the whole any, sense. Any good deals for Prime Day for the last five years? They really aren't good deals, are they? Now, now, Simone, you said you're not a fan. Do you actually not use Amazon? Are you boycotting Amazon? I don't use Amazon. I will say I have had, like, slips in the last couple of years. But last Christmas, I did manage to do an Amazon-free Christmas. So, wow. yay. Um, I'm not oh, judging respect. about it. People make their own consumer choices. But for me, because I'm from Seattle originally or from Washington State, it's kind of like a a, a specific bitter feud that I have with Jeff Bezos that means I don't buy things at Amazon. How do you, is it hard? Is it difficult? I have never tried this. No, it's this. not actually. I will say part of the reason I can do this is because I live in New York. Yeah. So for me, it's more of a matter of just like walking out to wherever, whatever store is closest and I'm and buying something there. And I do that because I would rather buy something that's already been shipped to the city than ship something in. Um, but oh, I, I totally understand that people in smaller towns don't have that option. Um, so. That that is a waste of resources to ship additional thing in, even when it's already. Here. But uh, in COVID, you obviously aren't going out uh, to shop. Oh yeah, I am, baby. Really? <laughs> okay, I, I will say I have been doing way way more online shopping. So you are not wrong. Yeah, but for grocery shopping and everything, I still go to the grocery yeah, store. Yeah, well, you kind of have so, to. Hmm. Yeah, you kind of have to. Yeah. We've tried all yeah, the delivery should. services, but they it's it's always hit or miss. And I just, you know, I get, I get suited up. I saw this as you walked in. I Show wear, I wear my. Um... Oh, have, have you ever been in a men's locker you. room? Me, <laughs> specifically me. No, I think everyone but you, Simone, on this one actually. <laughs> this has Leo a make a resemblance to a piece of gear uh, people wear before they go out and play hockey. Um, but it is a, it's actually a really, this is made in Canada. This is called the, uh, O2 mask where I, I've lost the, but this is, uh, this is like N98. So if I wear this and then I, I wear a face shield or I put on my safety glasses and wear my mask. And then the problem with grocery stores is if they let too many people in, you can't really socially distance. So I'm very careful. I don't go down an aisle. Until there's no one there, and I run down and grab it and come out. Yeah. I'm a very, I'm paranoid because I'm old and I'm you know I'm in the high risk groups. So. Was that mask like helpful for you with the smoke in yes, California? I just got it, but yeah. it absolutely is. And uh, before I've been making my own masks, which is really fun. I like to sew. It turns out, who knew? 
Ooh. Um, I know. And I, you know, I make uh, pretty masks that are, that are probably not very effective, but I wear them. And then, uh, then I got a mask fitter, which goes around your face to hold it in. And that works even better. And this is kind of the next, the next step. Uh, but I, if yeah. I'm going to go out to like a store, I want to take every precaution. I don't want to. I'm very nervous. For sure. Yeah. I don't want to get this thing. Well, right. I, I've, I just go back my, to... I've just got my new mask in, and I've gone full meme. Oh, so. I love it! Uh-huh. He's the. It's, he's, we all what do they call this? The fire dog? Anything? You know, the dog who's saying, "Sitting in." This is fine, dog. Yeah, I love it. That's a good mask. Got to be done. I I want to go back to Prime Day because I, I have a beef with it that I want to bring up before I forget about it, which is they call it Prime Day, and then it's two days. <laughs> Prime Day. Yeah, days. Well, just like how Black Friday is a month now. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm putting yeah. on my mask. Oh, let me see. Oh, that's cute. That now is that yeah, intentionally yeah. matching your frock? No, it is not. <laughs> but it is my nicest mask. It's so. really cute. Yeah, you didn't make that though. Did you buy it? I bought it on Etsy. Yeah. Knitted for Charm, yeah. I think, is the store. Etsy has a lot of great masks. Yeah. But I mean, coming back to Prime Day, I've got my big beef with that and, and also Black Friday and the rest of it is that tech companies are making downgraded kit to sell on sale uh, just for is these that days. True? So Prime Day, you might be thinking you're buying the full quality version of something that's yeah, you're intentionally not. You're something cheesier. With- like yeah, what? Getting something with a, well, okay, for example, I bought a, a, a laptop a couple of years ago on Black Friday, and then I checked with the spec back from a month ago. They downgraded the spec. They were building basically obsolescent parts into a laptop, oh. selling oh it gosh. cheap. And this apparently is something which is quite common. And I've, I've been trying to do some digging into this, but... It seems that an awful lot of the electronics devices that we're dealing with on on these kind of sales days are specifically designed for the sales days to keep profit margins up. So it's right. really worth giving cheap stuff, Ian. They're not going to be like, oh, you know what? Let's just make less money today. Let's just give everyone a deal. It's, no, yeah. that's not how capitalism works. Of course they're screwing you. Damn it. <laughs> it's called that reminds a sale. Me of last year, it's not the same thing because I don't think they did it like intentionally to be obsolete. But the Nintendo Switches that were on sale for Black Friday last mm. year were not the new battery model that had just come out. It was the older model that they were just like, let's get that off the shelf. Let's just get them out of here. Um, mm-hmm. So... But it wasn't necessarily totally clear for your average person buying a Switch on Black Friday. So it sounds like Black Friday and Prime Day are the worst times to try to buy stuff instead of the best times. Is that fair? Yes. Oh, yeah. I think so. Wow. All right. Yeah. I've learned something today. And, and and Simone, if you won't buy at Amazon online, would you buy at Walmart? Oh, I try not to, but I have, I've done that. I've done it. See, that's part of the problem I have is I, I, I can, I acknowledge the problem with Amazon, but I don't feel like Walmart's any better. They're not. I mean, that's the thing is that with, uh, ethical consumerism, there's really not a perfect solution. It's like an, everyone that's an oxymoron. Their compromises. Ec- yeah, ethical it's, consumerism. It's, it yeah. I think yeah. everyone just has to pick their own battles and fight their own battles. And that's at the end of the day, all you can do. Cause like, I'm not going to hurt Amazon. They're not like, no. we got to get Simone on our platform. Oh, it's so frustrating. It's, you know, it's just a choice. No, I mean, I'm with you. I've, I've, I've boycotted Amazon for many years because I, I like to, buy local, buy small, and the rest of it. But mm. there are some things I can't get else elsewhere. You know, try buying Captain Tape anywhere else other than Amazon, and you're onto a short, onto a loser. 
Tell we me talked more. last week about Sidewalk. We've been talking about it all week. This was the network Amazon announced a while ago, but finally kind of rolled out at their event last week. Um, this is the mesh network Amazon wants to create in all. It's really a ring product, I guess, which is also Amazon. Uh, the idea is a low band. It's called LoRa network that is can go two to five miles with the transmitters, but everybody who has a ring device or an Amazon Echo can be a hub and continue to spread that out around the neighborhood, ultimately putting a mesh over the entire neighborhood that could be used for geolocating. Their first product they announced was a mailbox sensor, but they said you'll never lose your dog again because you'll know exactly where your dog is in the mesh at all times. I imagine Amazon also intends to put this in their delivery trucks. Maybe even, it's probably too expensive to put in packages because you need a transmitter, but this could be hugely valuable for Amazon's logistics as well. If you don't trust Amazon, how do you feel about the idea of an Amazon kind of wiring with you don't have to do anything it's not it's not yeah. up to you wiring your neighborhood okay so oh, Leo, so whenever t- i'm with my my in-laws i go around to the rooms that i'm in and i unplug all the echoes and dots because i don't trust them and all the google homes as well because my father and i oh, likes technology they must so hate well the you. <laughs> oh i don't like he's been here he's stuck with Alex, me for I life i support you like, my Thanks, our 17 uh, year old he'll be 18 in two in about a month uh goes around putting all the amazon uh devices and the google devices with the cameras face down it just goes around the house because he doesn't want to be spied on and he turns off the nest camera when he goes out on the deck and it's like, yeah, well, I, don't, yes. I don't want I mean, to look when you're, no i mean I, I i think i mean i refuse to have any of those devices in the house because i don't see the cost benefits God, analysis. i'm just here with a bunch of luddites how do you be in a technology podcast? You I mean, hate I've this got stuff. Things that we're all together, you know, joining hands in our anti-Amazon, anti-camera observation yeah. world here. This is great for me. Oh my well, God. well, no, I mean, this has been one of the things that working from home has really sort of um, made things interesting as a couple because Monica has heard me during my working day and has been kind of shocked about the amount of profanity which goes on in my day-to-day business. <laughs> I don't want he works for the register, of course. It's Well, no, I mean, I don't want Amazon or Google, anyone else listening in to me shouting and screaming at people. Okay, it's, so I mean, let me ask obviously you, not... what do you guys do about this, your cell phone? It's got a microphone, two or three cameras. It's got GPS, and it's always on the Internet. What do you do about that? Do you? Well, that's the thing. I've already got a spy in my home. It's my iPhone. Well, you Why might as well get everything it? else <laughs> No, that's, well, that's not how spies no. Alex, no. when you turn off your in-laws, all of their devices, do you also put your phone in a lead-lined box? Uh, no, I put myself in a lead-lined box and the phone on top so I can still get <laughs> tweets. That's, the, that's the, the correct way to do that. No, I look, Leo, it's like saying, oh, you've been shot once. Why don't you get shot a thousand more times? It's the same thing. It's not. I, I can try to have a more secure, safe, personal digital environment and not put cameras and microphones all over my house attached to companies with spotty track records about privacy. At least my phone, this is an iPhone 11 something, I don't know. Someone can tell me what it is. It's got two cameras, not three. I don't think it's with bad ones. But like Apple actually has a reasonable history with privacy because they're not an advertising company. Amazon and Google are huge advertising companies. I don't trust them. I don't. Yeah. I mean, all it takes is about half an hour of work. You can lock down... I mean, I'm a Pixel user. I've Nexus before that. I, I'm sold on Android. That's fine. 
but all it takes is half an hour of work. You can lock this stuff down. You can turn off the microphone. You can activate it with a simple button push, but I don't want a phone that's sustaining on me the whole time. And Google is making it purposely difficult to do that, but that's their business. It's so my business to get in their way. Compare and contrast you three with me. I turn on all beacons, everything. It's all on. The network's on. Everything's on. Am I like somehow, uh, what's, is my life worse because of that? Has anything gone on? I can't, I've been doing this my whole life. I sit on camera 20 hours uh, a week. I show my home address. I show your home address. I, I don't. <laughs> still slightly mad about that. I'm so sorry. I apologize. I forget sometimes that people care. I don't we'll feel like anybody. I'm it's suffering funny. because of that. The police haven't come and dragged me off. I'm not. I'm not in uh, Amazon prison. Uh, I don't get more ads but, than you do. But why give it up for free? You know, it's like yeah. this stuff is valuable. If they're willing to pay me for this stuff, fine. But why give it up for free? Why not? So it's precedent it, setting. Who's I think it is a slippery slope because I, when uh, Apple introduced Face ID to the iPhone, I was very against it. I was determined not to get the phone with the Face ID. I, I love Touch ID so much. And then I did get it. And I was like, okay, well, I'll turn it off when I go through airports. I'll be really careful. And lo and behold, I don't do that anymore. I'm very complacent with Face ID. And I think similarly, the more that we allow tech companies to encroach on our privacy, the more we'll just be like, oh, well, nothing bad has happened yet. I guess it must be okay. And that's how you get it. But what's going to happen? Damn right. Is Jeff Bezos right. going to yeah, come to my house and force force feed me Amazon products? I mean, we have Amazon selling data to uh, police departments and selling yes. face ID technology to the military. We yes. have a situation that could, with bad actors, get completely out of control. Um, I would it, submit I, I agree if, totally if we have a situation like that, we have so much of a bigger problem than just the fact that you've got a lot of data online. If you've got a government that is at this point going to start dragging people off, you're, we're in much deeper trouble. And there are much more proximate ways they can grab you, including just taking you. Off the streets. No, I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's that serious. They're not going to be dragging people off the streets. They're going to be saying, someone will have a quiet word with you and say, "Look, we just happened to notice I'll that you tell you what those websites and the rest of that. Maybe you like might like to tone down your criticism of certain things. When that happens, you I know, will be the first to let you know. Um, also, one more nuance to this is like. Uh, uh, I want to have kids and uh, I want them to be able to choose for themselves how much of their data is collected. Mm. And I'm going to be too late for my their... children, unfortunately. To and be that, clear, and but... that's when I agree with you. Um, like a hundred percent. I wish I had shielded my children better. Uh, well, I've got yeah. to say, I'm, I, I feel phenomenally lucky to have grown through my teens and twenties in a time when digital photography was not available because mm -hmm. my reputation would be trashed right now. Some of the pictures that could have been taken in those years, you know, and now it's all online. Everyone is sticking the stuff online and we're either going to have to come to a point where you understand what I hope is that we'll come to a point where people will accept everyone is imperfect and the rest of it because there's all this evidence online. But I fear in the current puritanical streak of things and it'll, it'll be used against people. Yes.
Absolutely. I mean, like all the yeah, pictures on Getty of me are from when I weighed like 50 pounds more and I look terrible and I can't get rid of them. Somehow. So like I'm just stuck with all these fat pictures. Poor Alex. Thank you. Know Alex. What? Thank you. It's you terrible. Know what? Sometime you're going to say all the pictures on Getty of a younger me and then you're going to be happy. <laughs> yeah, with I did. I did run a 5K your today. hair, you'll look back fondly on those pictures. <laughs> no, so, so I bought a landscaper lawnmower, weed whacker, whatever it was. Good. Good. <laughs> See? Good. See? That ad worked. Uh, I take it then you are not going to use your palm print to go into the Amazon Go store. And by the way, it's not just Amazon Go. They want to sell this to retailers everywhere. This is the new technology Amazon's proposing. <laughs> yeah, let's give that to them because they'd never we have used like that at all. But wait, <laughs> but wait. So Apple's uh, uh, very clear stated policy with biometrics, fingerprint and face, is it never leaves the device, right? It's stored on... Well, you may not believe it. It's I kind of do because there's no reason for them to save it. They they stored in the secure enclave. There is a hash that's sent that is not reversible. It's not used, can't be used to identify you. But Amazon says to make sure it's safe, we encrypt the data and upload it to our servers. <laughs> so they're they're making a virtue out of doing exactly the opposite of what Apple does. No, I mean, there's the rub. It's kind of like, let's give you this biometric data. We won't abuse it, honestly, but, oh, and by the way, we're just uploading it to our servers. But trust us on this one. Yeah. It's encrypted. Yeah, we'd sure just like to have it. We'd sure just like to get you slowly accustomed to giving it to us and create this system where it's so convenient, where you can just pay with your hand. That can't go wrong, ever. It's, to be fair, they probably don't need your hand. They could do face recognition anyway, right? Oh, well, yeah, yeah but it's, it's yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's boiling the frog, though, you know, I mean, right. which, yes. admittedly is, which admittedly is a bad, bad excuse because the, the experiment didn't work that way. But it, it is a good example. You know, they're getting us used to it. We, you know, I've got I, my niece, for example, is 22. She has no problems at all in posting all kinds of sharing, all kinds of personal information. You try and say, look. This isn't the way it needs to be, but maybe I'm just an old fart, but I just think, you know, the younger generation is getting seduced into this, and it's not a thing that you can roll back easily. No, no. And a number of people are quite rightly in the chat room, quite rightly pointing out that I'm an older white cis man, and so I have nothing to fear from the authorities who are also older white cis males. Uh, yeah, right. So, first they came first they came for the socialists and then they came for the trade unionists and then they came for the Jews. Yeah. Just don't bank on that because it's not going to save you. Well, I'm There's pretty safe, but I would understand if you were a person of color or a woman or transgender, you might be very cautious about what you uh, have released to the public. And that I, I think is probably the right thing, the right point of view to take because it's a risky it's a risky world for for some people. Um, mm-hmm. So, but on the other hand, I'm safe, so I'm going to use it because <laughs> there is benefit. <laughs> there is benefit. Although, great article. I want to take a break, but I want to talk about this great article by Neil Seibert in Above Avalon, in which he says, you know, those voice assistants, I said this four years ago, he says, when uh, they came out, they're not going anywhere. And I was right. It's the Apple Watch that's the big winner. We'll get to that in just a second. We've got the fabulous Simone de Rochefort here from Rocket. She's a video producer at Polygon. Uh, and if you've ever listened to Rocket on uh, Relay FM, you know what a great show that is with uh, Brianna Wu and Christina Warren, two of my other favorite people. It's like the three, my three favorite people on that show. Aww. So it's wonderful to have you on. Uh, 
Ian Thompson, he of the mustache. Enjoy it <laughs> while you've got it because it's going. The register.com. Yeah. No, but you look so Terry Thomas. I just love it. You could put oh, a little ding dong. Put a little, <laughs> a little gap. Get a little uh, electrician's tape, but just put a little gap in between your teeth right there. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. And Alex Wilhelm from TechCrunch. Uh, always hey. nice to see you. I think now that you've described the shed that you're in, I feel that this is almost a lie, this shot of you. Like it's some book-lined library somewhere, but you're just really in a shed. Oh, that's no, a pretty nice the, shed. Oh, never mind. Oh, my yeah. God. It's gorgeous. Well, you can't. The laptop is is impinged by the mics and all that, so I can't really give you a tour. But there's a day bed over there. And oh my god! Is this where you go when Liza's had enough of you and she says, "Just go to your shed"? I mean, no, but I'm in a <laughs> pandemic and I'm married, it's and it's just, great to have more than one space is, to be in. It is really nice. Oh, I agree. I hear that. Yeah, Can I come live in your shed? I'm here. <laughs> there you go. Simone could be your adopted daughter. She likes to read. Look at all those books. Have you read all those books, Alex? Uh, no. So I've read uh, basically from here over is my section. And then Liza's medical school books are over there. Oh, yeah. And you don't need to read those. It's, it's all of it's, it's 90% of our books in one set of nice. built in. So they're not really beautiful. all mine. That's beautiful. Yeah. Great yeah, to the have first the time we, you. Well, the first time I, I did a, a photo with a bookshelf by me, I had a younger reader just like, there's no way you've read all those books. It's like, yeah, that's what we did pre-internet. You know, it's like we actually <laughs> we read had to stuff. buy paper. <laughs> actually, uh, the uh, I just read this the uh, uh, ebook loans to libraries. You know, there's a couple of programs like Hoopla that allow you if you have a library card to to take out an ebook up 52 percent this year. Like it's suddenly got, which is great, isn't that good news? People mm. are reading, uh, yep. and because they don't want to go to the library, they don't want to hold a physical book. They're taking advantage of There's great audio books, too, from your local but library. But libraries are great for that sort of thing. Yeah. I've, I've never understood why why libraries are so distant in the United States. Because, I mean, they have e-books. They have audio books. Hell, you can even go into them in pre-COVID days and get some great stuff. Libraries are an absolutely essential public resource. Use these things. Yeah. I, I have to say, reading this article about this uh, uh, Arian Marshall in uh, Wired, I was a little disappointed. Apparently, you know, I, I if a library buys a physical book, I presume they pay the normal price and they can lend it out as long as that book doesn't fall into pieces, right? But with digital books, the publishers charge them a hefty fee. Uh, the average is $40 and then severely limit how many times they can lend it. Sometimes it's only 26 times or 52 times. Sometimes it says for two years. So it's it's a it's not as economical for a library to buy these ebooks. Um, it's even worse with audiobooks because I mean certainly San Francisco Public Library doesn't allow you to renew audiobooks, and my wife uses them a lot on her commute into work. Mm. And you know one audiobook she's got is forty two hours long, and she has to yeah. return it within three weeks. How do you do that in two weeks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> what book is that? Forty two hours. Oh, my God, lots of books. <laughs> what? Lots Thomas of books. Beckett. Thomas Piketty, but yes, it's oh uh, yes, capitalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm I have all the Piketty books. I think they're fascinating. I, He's a really good writer. Yeah, it's good because when you have 42 hours on uh, capitalism, <laughs> cap, <laughs> capital and ideology, <laughs> it better I've be had well written. Years on capitalism, baby. Yeah. That's nothing. Better be well written. 
Um, let's see, what else do I I have a lot of really long books. Gravity's Rainbow, Infinite Jest, The Infinite Book. Gravity's right. Are so you a 19-year-old student? Are you in university right now, Leo? How, wait, you have the e-book of Infinite no, Jest? No, audio, audio book. Audio oh, book. Yeah, how yeah I actually have the e-book too because I like to read while I listen. Uh, Piketty's Capital and Ideology is 49 hours. Oh God! Ow! Ow! I've I, I've tried Gravity's Rainbow five times oh, now. I love and that I book. Still can't get my head around it. Oh, it's one of my it's favorite just, books. Oh, it's one of those things where you read it and you think, I must be missing something. I've got to be missing. No, 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 no. I am missing something. It, it, it's, it's, <laughs> so it's it, like it's the wire. Then. Yeah, it's like the wire. There, well, I, was I guess so. To this podcast uh called the spouter in which is a, a literature podcast and they actually recommend if you're really really struggling with a book just read it backwards open it up to a random page and read from there and just completely no not like that oh okay that's the klingon version <laughs> that's a really interesting like, idea like just read a random chapter yeah. seems like it would destroy the structure of the book Yes, but if what you want is to help yourself get into the book, you can't necessarily – like don't hold yourself to the pressure of slogging through the first five chapters. Make it uh, a project that's different. Go through the middle. See if the middle is interesting. Try the end. See if the end is interesting. And then when you get to a point where you can read it, go back and read it from the I start. That kind of makes sense if, you're, uh, if it's nonfiction. But fiction, that really can spoil it. <laughs> I mean, but what is what is being spoiled if you can't even, if you're so bored you can't get through the beginning of a book? Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm trying it with Nightwood by Juna Barnes right now, and it's actually not helping in this case because <laughs> it's a difficult book for me. <laughs> but I'm reading it backwards. Um, Just we'll don't see. read Game of Thrones from the end to the beginning or you'll be very That would puzzled. ruin it. <laughs> it would get better as uh, it went because the first book in the uh, Song of Ice and Fire best. is the best of the, of the whole the group. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You see, I tried to read Game of Thrones, and I was kind of – it was the same with Tolkien, with, with, you know, with Lord of the Rings, same Terrible with now. Dune. Oh, hush your like, mouth. No, yeah, I'm sorry. Wrong. It was just like, get on with the story. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's, I, I, I cannot I deal with, with those books. This? I think I'm that sorry? genuinely is one. Like I started when I started Game of Thrones, I was very overwhelmed by all the names and roles and everything. But once you are once you get the Stockholm syndrome that <laughs> makes you addicted to it, <laughs> it's a delight. I, I love those books. Now. I should point out that the Nobel Committee agrees with you, Ian Thompson. <gasps> J.R.R. Tolkien was rejected <laughs> for a Nobel Prize because of poor storytelling and bad writing. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, okay, The Hobbit works because it's a children's book. But Lord of the Rings, it's... I mean, don't get me wrong. My sister loved the whole series. She learned Elvish. She read the Silmarillion, the whole thing. But yeah. I tried to read Lord of the Rings. I've tried again and again and again. And it's just like, get on with it and i kind of think that peter jackson got the film just right with the endless endings it was i i assume that was a homage to the fact that J.R.R. tolkien just really couldn't write good hard post fiction <laughs> i i will not listen to commentary Shocking. from man who thinks that civilization ended with civ 2 because it shows you have no taste or class and therefore all of this bilge and garbage and detritus that oh, I shall leave behind God. me as I go back and reread Return of the King for the 88th time because it's fantastic. <laughs> Ian, our friendship is over. <laughs> I will hunt you, you down and kill you for that. Well, I just want to say I'm hearing in my ear a lot of our listeners saying get on with it. So I am going to, <laughs> I am going to move on. 
But I have to say, this has been the most discursive, rat hole filled show we have ever done, <laughs> and I'm loving it. So I've got to say, oh my, the IRC chat room really has blown up over this one. Yeah, this you, is, you you start uh, you start dissing. Have some apologising apparently to do. But <laughs> oh, it's not oh that. God. It's the Civ two thing that's really pissing them off. Uh, oh. <laughs> I, I I've tried to play Civ so many times and I just can't do it. But I've never tried Civilization two, so maybe I just didn't go far enough back. So I well, will I mean, give it okay. a try. Civ, Civ one was basic. Civ two was. It, it pretty much covers a thing. After Civ, Civ three was terrible. Civ four bit better. Civ five I've heard better, um, but it was just the pure empire building game. If you're looking to spend ten hours on a computer game building up a world civilization, heading out to Alpha Centauri, it was a great game. Um, but you know, it, it this I, I'm sure someone is better on me than this, but it was the same problem when they rebooted Elite. Um, where you've got to spend so long time, such a long time learning to play the game, and I would say also stream. Stop telling people how long you spent playing this game because when I look at that, it's just like oh, I spent way too long playing this. I need to get out and have a life. <laughs> I'm an Age of Empires guy. There we go. Ao2 oh, is really. Yeah. I like real time as opposed to turn based for some reason. There's just something about turn based. It's like I, it's like it. It's too much like chess. There are some savage AO2 players online as as well, though, because I mean, I got my you know my backside handed to me like a redheaded stepchild by some of those people. Oh, I bet they, they they will just go out and beat you into the ground and laugh at you while they do it. I, do. I watched some Age of Empires 2 esports, and I was blown away with the quality of play. I, I thought I was pretty good back in the day uh, with my Choco News and so forth. But, like, oh, my gosh, the amazing, amazing stuff. And Liam, I know we need to go to an ad, but, like, whenever Age of Empires 2 comes up, my nerd spines just start to tingle. I get really excited. Aren't they re-releasing that, or am I – have they, they already They are done doing AOE4, ladies and gentlemen. AOE4? Hmm? Hmm? But they're re-releasing Age of Empires 2. Oh, they did think, a definitive edition. They did an up. HD edition of that. You can get that right now. But apparently yeah. uh, Relic is working on a, an entirely new AOE version oh 4. I'm thinking Boys. this I might be an Xbox exclusive. I don't know. but um, oh, that, I, may, I may need immediate. to take some days off on holiday for that because oh, that's, yeah. that's, Look that, that looks very interesting. This looks so Are you good. doing Crusader Kings 3, though, Ian? Uh, no, I haven't or tried two. it. Is oh it my good? god, I'm an idiot. <laughs> is, is Crusader Kings good? Because I've heard mixed reviews. I've heard in, only incredible things. Like I've heard it's somewhat like playing a spreadsheet, but that the <laughs> the, the oh, storytelling that they can for. accomplish with the AI is so much beyond the first game. Um, and I I need to get into it. Playing also, why am I out of focus now? What happened? Yeah, I was about to tell you that quietly, so you could fix it. Look at me! I'll tell you Please what. Please look at me, camera. Let me tell the world about ZipRecruiter while you fix your focus, or not. Oh, that's good. <laughs> all you have to do is get closer. That's all. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> Terrifying. Oh lord! <laughs> I should. I'm going to get a fan. <laughs> Our show today brought to you by Zip Recruiter. If you're hiring, God bless you. We need more people offering more jobs, and there is no better way to do it. Look, this is a good time to be hiring. The best people are looking for work, and you can spread the word that you're hiring better with ZipRecruiter than anywhere else. Post immediately to 100-plus job boards with one posting to ZipRecruiter. 
Uh, and one of the amazing things that happens, it happened to us, we use ZipRecruiter all the time, is you will start getting candidates almost immediately because what they do is they look at your listing, they scan through the resumes they've got on file, and then they invite people with the right qualifications to apply to your job. Let me tell you, that really works. ZipRecruiter is so effective. Four out of the five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. We, you know, last time we were looking for a bookkeeper, we posted on ZipRecruiter in at breakfast. Lisa was worried because she thought she was going to have to do the bookkeeping and she just was dreading it. Plus, hiring is hard, right? You got to look at a lot of resumes. She posted it at breakfast by lunchtime. In fact, within an hour, she goes, oh, there's a good, here's a good cat. Oh, my God, here's another one. We had three or four really qualified candidates by lunchtime. That is an amazing thing. Uh, we're not alone. Uh, ZipRecruiter talks about Monica Starks. Maybe you saw this in the ad. She was hiring for a key role at her construction company, GS Group. There were so many candidates out there, but she couldn't find the right person. So she switched. And I think if you're using some other service, switching to ZipRecruiter is a really good idea because they make hiring so easy. Uh, Monica found a guy, Lamont Jenkins, almost immediately. She said ZipRecruiter sent Lamont's profile to her five minutes after she posted her job because he was such a perfect match for the role. And she agreed, hired him, and it's working out great. ZipRecruiter makes the entire process efficient and effective. Uh, you don't get calls to your phone. You don't get emails. It all goes into ZipRecruiter's interface. They reformat the resumes so you can scan them quickly. You can write screening questions, multiple choice or true, false, even essay questions to filter out candidates that just don't fit. And then ZipRecruiter ranks them, rates them, and you can hire the right person fast. There's nothing better. See for yourself. You could try ZipRecruiter for free right now if you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash twit. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash twit. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. You can take it from me. We've been doing it for years. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash T-W-I-T. ZipRecruiter. Oh, now I lost track of all the things we were going to talk about. All right. Did anybody watch the Google announcement on Wednesday? Anybody? I did, and I have to say I was distinctly less than impressed. You know, um, they, they all they kind of telegraphed it by calling it <laughs> launch night in, even though it was 11 in the morning. Rick Osterloh, the vice president of hardware, is like in his socks on a sofa, practically slumping down. Did he show his feet on stream? Um, I can't remember Just why. Curious. I don't, he might have. They were really pushing where your socks. What? <laughs> I mean, better than not wearing socks. It was on the screen. strangest. It was the most low energy event I've ever seen. You know, usually when a company's doing these events, this is a big deal. This is they. You know, they put on the pizzazz. They they try to sell you on the product. The Pixel Five was like, yeah, we got this phone. <laughs> are they are they done doing hardware? Is that they're done doing they're Google? Doing I feel like they got so Google I/O, which is supposed to be in May. COVID hits, they go, yeah, yeah, we're not going to do it. Everybody else did a virtual developers event. Google just said, yeah, no. They didn't say What's we'll do it later. Company? They didn't say we just, eh, we just don't have the energy. But when, when I first saw the tech specs of the new phones, I was kind of like, oh, they're going back to the Nexus idea where you do cheap, clean hardware, which gets proper updates and gets you an, an unskinned version of Android. But the, the choices they made were bizarre. You know, you downgrade the central processor. 
you know, you keep the camera as it is. Yeah, you add some cute software functions, but it was kind of like, what was the point? You know, I mean, are you just doing this for the sake of it? It really feels like I'm going to make a guess this that this this was the last phone in the pipeline. And it's like they're so done with the whole thing. They're just going to push it out and they'll never do another phone again. It just feels like that. They also really muddied the water. So, for instance, they announced the 4A to a very good reception. I think that's an excellent phone. That was the successor of the Pixel 4 uh, a couple of months ago. Everybody loves it. But then this week they announced the 4A 5G, which is not even related to the 4A. It really looks like a 5A because it, ha- it's, it has 5A features, not 4A features. The 5A, they didn't even – normally they do a 5 and a 5XL. They didn't do a XL. They, do one, they did one model. It's, it's mid-range-y. It's still 700 bucks. But it's it's kind of a mid-range in every other respect. It's got a big battery, but only 128 gigs storage. There's no other there's no other SKUs. Eight gigs of RAM. One thing that I think is good, it's a metal back. Hallelujah. I'm so you know, these glass backs are so fragile. And it still does wireless charging, which I had thought, oh, you can't do it with metal. That's why everybody makes these glass back phones. So that's encouraging. Um the camera is Probably, like, it's identical to the old one, pretty much. It's, uh, yeah, it's got better software, but it's still the same hardware. But, I mean, I'm, I'm a 3A user. I've been using Google Phones since the, ne- the original Nexus. There is nothing in there which would make you want to upgrade. Yeah, the hold feature, but that's a software feature. That will yeah. come to the rest of the phone sooner or later. Yeah, that was the Why only big upgrading? thing was that... And I bet it doesn't work all that well. But if you if a company puts you on hold on their service line, you tell the phone, just tell me when somebody gets on, and it'll get. I bet you. I mean, uh, that's that, the lamest feature. <laughs> that's that's was, not that, was that the total selling point. That was and the I whole do a lot thing. Of phone calls. Hmm. Uh, I drop phone it. calls and I don't want that. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry, Simone. Mark Lavoy, the uh, f- guy with charge of photography, had left. He'd gone to Adobe. Uh, I just feel like they've kind of lost their mojo. Go ahead, Simone. Do you think there's anything about these phones? Like, obviously, there's no new features for existing Pixel users, but do you think there's anything that would make Apple or Samsung users hop the fence? No. No. I guess that's my point. They weren't able to say, here's a phone you're going to want in any respect. Uh, It's 5G, (laughs) but who cares? Every phone's 5G. It's a phone. It it was kind of like that. They spent very little time on it. Here's and there's phone. only two colors for the the five, right? Yeah, they're just like yeah, two? black and green. Uh, I'd say one of the key things that keeps me buying these phones is that you get your security updates first. I wouldn't be comfortable mm-hmm. buying a Samsung Android phone because you're reliant on Samsung to get the security fixes out there. So I'll carry on buying from Google directly from that. But this was just even the Chromecast unit was painfully bad, <laughs> and. I don't know what it is about Google, but they love beige for some reason. That's not a good look. <laughs> they have it's pastel. They do have a like a mint green one and a pink one. They they mm. huh. they put them on a plate of French macaron cookies, which it does look like, and then they said it's like a bowl of candy. So it was very confusing. I what bought I have one. to I bought one that day and I got it the next day, by the way, and it's great. It's fine. It's another Chromecast. Remember they when they first released Google TV, it was called Google TV. It came with a keyboard. Remember that? The, yeah. And oh, it was, yeah. Yeah. 
And oh, I hated that thing. <laughs> it, was, it had problems. <laughs> and then they they had so many problems, they said, okay, well, it's Android TV. They're all new, different. And it's been Android TV. Now it's they're back to Google TV. Um, it's you know what the, it, it's only forty nine bucks, and in fact, if if uh, if you um, subscribe to YouTube TV, I think for six months it's free. So they're basically they're basically giving it away. It has a remote, which the Chromecast hasn't had ever. Um, Leo, yes. I feel like Google is a company that had some really great ideas and has been since making all of them worse. Is that is that a fair thing? Like search used to be amazingly good and then they put all the ads on top now and like disguise them as results and out of the other crap and cruffs you can't find your results. Like they made phones for a while and that was cool and Android was cool for a while and now it's just super insecure and shit. And like I, I feel like everything they've done has just gotten worse. Is that Because fair? they lose interest. It really is apparent <sighs> they've lost interest. To me, maybe, I mean, I might just be projecting because I've lost interest. What are you seeing them being interested in if not the phones? Like, what do you think their new area of focus is? <laughs> That's the a YouTube algorithm. That is the $20 billion question because, yeah, I mean, they were really, honestly, the Nexus series was a really good series of phones. It was. I Search, loved them. Search used to be great. My father-in-law bought an, a, a smartphone because he saw me doing voice search on Android and saying, where is the nearest pub in Buxton? And he was just like, this is amazing. I need to get this. But there is nothing like that anymore. I mean, Google seems to have given up on the plot, and I don't understand why. They released um, a bigger speaker. Woohoo! Great. Hold the front page. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, not even attractive. It's you know how we feel yeah, about it's kind of a speakers, Leo. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you you guys aren't going to buy it, are you? Does it help? Uh, I mean, does no. it help that a stoned Mark Ronson was pitching it? <laughs> that doesn't hurt. I think maybe. I mean, what do you? Now, maybe I, I, I don't want to be judge judgy, except I obviously am. Oh, I do. Did you? So you watched the end. Did you notice Mark Ronson? Did he seem a little, I don't know, uh, high? I wouldn't like to comment on someone's mental state. He might just be like the, that. Under the current circumstances, no one's operating 100%. Okay, fair. And fair. particularly when it comes to, to public things. But it was just snoozeworthy. Yeah. I mean, it was. It reminded me of the old Onion article after Steve Jobs died and Tim Cook did his first keynote. And it was like, Tim Cook comes on, says, here's a phone. It does some great things. Great. Okay, next. And, you know, <laughs> it was a very, it was a very feeling like that. And. There was no enthusiasm. There was no hardware to really get you enthusiastic. The software, it was cute, but, you know, there's nothing world-changing there. So why? Yeah, I, I saw no reason to get excited. Well, Ian, do you think that the event would have been this underwhelming in a normal year? Or is it exacerbated by the pandemic, basically? It must be the Well, you pandemic. see, I, I mean, I, well, no. You see, I was at the Pixel 1 and 2 launches, then we... We pissed off Google and they stopped inviting us. Um, but, you know, with the original, you know, there, there was actually a feeling of excitement. Then they went on to Apple's modus of operandi and had people in the back cheerleading. So whenever somebody said something, there was yeah, always like some that. people going, woohoo, yeah, yay, having multiple orgasms throughout. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, uh, honestly, they were good events because they allowed you to get hands-on with a kit. And one thing Google does, which 
which I respect, which Apple doesn't do. Apple ha- farms these out to useful idiots who will always say what they want to say. Google actually put it out there and let you get your hands on it. Um, and I that's would say how you pissed them off. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, at the same time, they were honest about it. Um, so I, I kind of respect it, but at the same time, this this was just really underwhelming. I couldn't work out why they made such a big deal about it because they were putting out flawed hardware, a few cute software tips, but it, it just really wasn't that enthusing. There was well, nothing there to get you fired up. It was very googly in the sense that, for instance... Even though they're going to call this Chromecast Google TV, Android TV still exists. Yeah. Uh, you may remember that when they released Stadia, one, and you bought, if you bought the early adopter kit, it came with the Chromecast Ultra, so you could play their gaming service on your big screen TV with a Chromecast. Except this new Chromecast doesn't work with Stadia. It's like that was that that was absolutely so bizarre. Stadia is, you know, this is where they can make some really big bucks in the future. They released hardware which doesn't support it. I mean, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, what what the what everyone else thinks because that seemed suicide. It's just strange. It's it, nonsensical. That yeah, I, I have no good answer for that. That if they if they're really trying to make Stadia a thing, which it already is kind of not like they're struggling <laughs> to make that a thing and not releasing it or not having Chromecast be compatible with it is just nonsensical. I don't understand it. I can only yeah. speculate, but you know, one of the things that's always been said about Google is because they want to keep their uh, startup energy, they have every division is somewhat autonomous. And so maybe it's that the new Chromecast division wasn't talking to the Stadia division or they didn't, they didn't they they just didn't pay attention to anything else the company's doing. But I have to say, and I love Google and I am not a like unlike you guys, I'm not an anti Google person. I really uh Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, wait, let's, yeah, let's, wait a minute. <laughs> pause, pause. Let, I'll give Google a shout out right now. Google recently brought back Google Finance to some degree, and I want to give them points for that. I use Chrome every single day. I live inside of a Google search environment. I'm on G Suite. I I, I, I critique because I use. Like yes, I use that stuff day in day. I'd out. be willing to bet you're not gonna rely on Google Finance because who knows how long it'll be around. Well, uh, Yahoo Finance is part of the broader Verizon Media Group umbrella of brands, Leo. So, so I you just have to use Yahoo. I, no, I, I mean, just, I use whatever I want. I just want yeah, to say to you, and I hope you'll relay this along to the people in charge, I have used Yahoo Finance for 20 years now. Oh, wow. And? Nothing. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, so, <laughs> Leo, the people in power don't know that I exist. You are real and you exist. <laughs> I am real and I exist and I use Yahoo Finance. But, I, you know, Google's starting to live up to its reputation as a company that has no attention span, that just kind of random walks its way into the future, that cancels things willy-nilly. It's, if, I, if you're interested in investing your time and energy into a Google product, you always have to say, well, I wonder if it's worth it because will it be around next year? This is a problem, I think, for Google. Yeah. Microsoft and Mixer, same thing. I can't believe they they built Mixer up, got Ninja to join the platform, spent all the money, and then like six weeks later gave up on it. How does a company do that? It's so didn't embarrassing. didn't tell Ninja beforehand. That oh, was ridiculous. God. He did all like, right. Didn't he find it for Wait a news? minute. I mean, yeah, he's fine. He's How fine. How much money like, do they pay a- Ninja? Like $20 million? Uh, 
And then, so he leaves Twitch. He goes to Mixer, stays for a few months. Mixer goes under. He keeps the money, goes back to Twitch. Oh, and by the way, apparently it's leaked that Twitch gave him a big bonus to come back. So the guy did nothing. <laughs> if only I had more hair, then I could become a YouTuber. I, I don't feel bad for Ninja at any point in the game. I just think it's rude and an oversight to not tell your theoretical, the theoretical star of your platform. Like, oh, by the way, we're shutting that shit well, down. It is weird. Simone de Rochefort. Oh, no. You're allowed to say yeah. Mared, however. We're shutting that Mared down. Thank yeah. you. No, no, no. <laughs> so no, no. Apologies. Seriously, Simone, one thing I've learned from, from Twit is swear in your own language. So, you know, I can say wanker on here. Yeah, no you can. You can say wanker, it. wanker, wanker, all you want. <laughs> no, they can't say it in the chat room, apparently. You know, know, something happens. Putain or the rest of it. Oh, putain. <laughs> no, no, let's not say that. We do have French listeners, and I don't want them to have to wash my ears out with soap. They're so hairy. It will be hard. Um, <laughs> You need shampoo in there and yes. conditioner. Yeah, conditioner for sure. Two um, one. I don't want to be too hard on I mean, it. Actually, I like the uh, Chromecast. You know, it's forty nine bucks. It's it's a credible streaming device uh, at a price much lower than you know even except anything except the lowest cost Fire TV sticker. Oh, uh, isn't the Roku? Roku. Yeah, they have a fifty dollar Roku. Roku. Yeah, but it doesn't do four K HDR. Okay, that's fair. And now it doesn't do HBO Max or HBO what? Go. So Yeah. Actually, this was one thing I was very pleased because I have a Shield, NVIDIA Shield, which is, I think, a great Android TV device. And I couldn't get HBO to work on it because I think just like Roku, they hadn't made a deal. Maybe Google loosened the things up with uh, by, with this new Chromecast because it does support HBO Max. And then I went over my Shield and it's, it's supporting it now. So that's good oh. news. Yeah. They must have made a deal. Um, anyway. Yeah, somebody in the chat room is saying you could say sacre bleu if you wish. <laughs> That's not really a good substitute for no. S word, though. Holy blue. What? <laughs> what? Uh, uh, by the way, yeah. Sonos is suing Google. They they started uh, this process in January. They're suing them for an, oh, yeah, infringing five more another patents. five more yeah. patents because they say, hey, we invented this uh, this party mode, this uh, multi-speaker audio, and uh, you're copying us, mm -hmm. I guess. Uh, I'd be interested to watch that. That was the thing that made Sonos, right? They were the only ones who could do this. Uh, and now everybody can do it. And uh, if if that's a question of, like, leveraging Sonos's patents without paying them, then I don't blame Sonos because it's, frankly, nobody's going to ever buy another Sonos speaker again. Why would you? <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying because they it's don't come with Google Home built in, so they're not going to spy on me. Actually, I mean, like, they do. I, that's actually a reason it does. But you have to turn it on. Yeah, you, you if you get oh, okay. a, a Sonos One, you can have Alexa or I mean Echo or uh, Google on it. But you don't have to, and you can turn it off. So yeah, that's a feature right there that I'd pay for. I mean, my wife wants to get Sonos for that reason because it doesn't have the um, this, the the evil little robots inside listening to you. Yeah, no, I've got the same problem. I want to buy a home security system, but I'm not going to go with Ring because I don't like their corporate policies. So right. where do I go? Man. I end up trading my Ring in for Google. For, for Hello, <laughs> a Nest Hello. Hello. Frying pan, oh, fire. Yeah, I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know anything. There are no good choices. I think that's kind of the underlying message of this episode of Twit. Yeah. Well, now yeah, I, I replaced my, um, my all my home networking I took everything out and put enterprise-grade Ubiquity in there, and they support cameras. So, And it would record locally. And you know, I could put a little hard drive in the router, and it would record mm -hmm. locally instead of sending it to the cloud. So 
Maybe I'll do that. I don't know. It seems like a lot of trouble. They even have a doorbell. And uh, again, all that stuff. <laughs> Our show today brought to you by Mint Mobile. Where's my um, iPhone SE? I I am such a fan of Mint Mobile. Um, and perhaps perhaps you've seen Ryan Reynolds talking up the Mint Mobile. It's pretty cool when you got Deadpool doing your ads. That's all I can say. Mint Mobile is the MVNO. These are, you know, MVNOs like Mint Mobile, they resell the expensive uh, cell carriers plans for a lot less. They're reselling T-Mobile. So if T-Mobile works well in your neck of the woods, Mint Mobile will work exactly the same. But a lot less? Yes. I mean, I cut my T-Mobile bill by a th- by two-thirds by going to Mint Mobile. They just introduced their unlimited data plan. So this is unlimited nationwide talk and text High-speed data on the nation's largest 5G network, unlimited, 30 bucks a month. 30 bucks a month, the whole thing. Add an iPhone, that's another 15 bucks. For 45 bucks, for half what I'm paying T-Mobile, I get a phone and unlimited. It's amazing. Now, I actually went for the 12 gigabyte a month plan. That's 25 bucks a month. But next, when, when that, you know, I bought a year ahead of time. When that runs out, I'm going unlimited. That's just awesome. Uh, what's awful is the pay, is the price I pay Verizon because my wife and family on Verizon, AT and T because my second family's on AT and T, and T Mobile because I'm on T Mobile, <laughs> and I, oh my mom's on Sprint. So pretty much I pay so much through the nose to all these guys. I'm moving them all to Mint Mobile. Consider yourself warm. Thirty bucks a month. Mint Mobile doesn't have the stores, so by going online only, eliminating the traditional cost of retail, they can save a lot. You can bring your own phone. They will send the SIM to your door. They don't charge you for the SIM. Keep your same phone number, all your contacts, or buy a phone from them. And you'll see the iPhone SE is a great price. I think it's a great phone, too. I think it's a great choice. This, If you're looking for a plan for family members, Mint Mobile's awesome. And if you're not 100% satisfied, of course, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. Time to break up with Big Wireless. Those guys, they don't love you back. Mint Mobile, the little green fox, he loves you. Switch to Mint Mobile's premium unlimited data plan for 30 bucks a month. And they'll send you this plan for free, or you can get a phone from them. Go to mintmobile.com slash twit. This is the best deal in, in mobile. It's amazing. Mintmobile.com slash twit cut your unlimited wireless bill to thirty dollars a month i don't know why you'd go with anybody else mintmobile.com slash twit and it's minty fresh and tasty <laughs> tasty so what 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 do you make of facebook's announced plan i have a feeling this is my my thinking is uh we got an election november 3rd there'll be a transition period january 20th there's a chance at this point, a pretty good chance we'll have a new administration, maybe administration that won't be as easy on uh, antitrust regulations and FCC that might not be as amenable. Uh, and maybe even a Congress that's a little less worried about things. And I feel like you're going to see companies go, if we're going to do this, it's now or never. <laughs> So Facebook, which has been under a modicum of, of, of inspection by Congress, but mostly by Democrats, they seem to 
the the Republicans in the president seem pretty happy with Facebook. They've decided to make one account for everything. Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, Instagram, and Facebook. They're going to basically merge or interoperate the apps. There'll be a single login. I feel like this is the kind of thing that might have raised some scrutiny in the past. I feel like they're doing it now. And Alex, you follow finance. Uh, they're doing it now because they figure it's now or never. Is, does that seem sensible? I think it's defensive because if the accounts were all separated, your Instagram account was different than your WhatsApp account, which is different than your Facebook account, Congress could say, look, just cleave here. Diverse, you can keep two diverse, pieces. Diverse. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now Facebook can say, guys, gosh, you know, we'd love to. We'd absolutely, what a, what a great idea. You had two bad notes, all one account. You can't just cut off one piece. It's like cutting off your arm. You, it's part yeah, of your body. Good point. So now they're going to be uh, better armored against a, uh, a questing uh, Democratic administration and maybe a Democratic Senate. And uh, it's, uh, it's a smart move by Facebook if you believe in their model and Zuckerberg's leadership. If you're critical of those things, it's not particularly good news. Remember that it was about a year ago, uh, Zuckerberg, posted that blog post where he said, we're going to make Facebook private. We're going to encrypt all the messages. This would also be a step forward in that direction, right? And maybe for that reason, uh, a good thing. Um, yes? I, I think generally speaking, I'm in favor of any company's move to more encrypted communications and a more private system. I think the issues that we've seen with Facebook's move in that direction is that now it's it's pretty hard to uh, moderate private groups. That's where we see a lot of coronavirus misinformation, voting misinformation and so forth. And so like there's always a minus to every plus. But I mean, in general, Leo, I'm in favor of those things. and I think it's the right way for them to go. But of course, they're balancing that with an advertising platform that is that is dependent on knowing lots about you both on and off site. So Facebook is never going to be really private they're going to do a patina of privacy right. on top of an ad machine and you can't forget if you use any one of their apps now you're in the ecosystem and so it doesn't really matter right one account yeah. means when you see a facebook like button on a web page even if you don't use facebook you only use instagram you're in it baby Go ahead, and what they're talking about, like being able to cross post from Instagram to Facebook to WhatsApp simultaneously, that seems to me like a way that misinformation could spread even oh, faster, theoretically. Um, but I guess it means they'll get me back on Messenger. So, uh, uh, are, you on uh, are you on Facebook? I am on Facebook. I deleted the Messenger app, but I'm also on WhatsApp and Instagram. So, so I don't know what I'm you doing. Don't, don't, I don't delete anything. Doing. You're crazy. It doesn't matter. Use <laughs> it all. It if I, the thing it, is, well, I'm not on Facebook and I'm not on any of them, but if I yeah. installed Messenger, it would open the floodgates. Everything would come back. It'd be over for you. It'd be over. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, but this is, Facebook Messenger has the best stickers. Signal does not have good stickers. WhatsApp has some of the Facebook Messenger stickers, no, but not right. all of them. Messenger right. is where the good stickers Messenger, are. And, it and good filters me. and good – all that stuff is good on Messenger, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But, but they I'm, are even, I'm, so. Okay. could be a little I, I, bunny I'm rabbit. Sorry, but when, when you look on, on, on your phone, if you download the Facebook app and the Messenger app, that's a gig of data that you've just stuck onto your phone. Uh, and I don't trust it. I don't have an Instagram account. I don't use WhatsApp. I don't, you know, it, it's just why the hell give them that information? Yeah. I will quite happily use Facebook on the browser. Yeah, I can't answer messages within an hour or so. I have to wait till I get home and get my desktop machine opened. But why the hell give them the data? They've shown themselves to be absolutely unreliable with dealing with it. So yes, just yes. deny it to them. 
Yes. Do as I say, I not as anything. I do. <laughs> I am on Instagram, but don't be on it. Don't be like me. And people are saying in the chat like room, well, Leo, you just said you gave everything to Google, so you might as well give it to Facebook. No, I think Zuckerberg's Satan. Uh, well, you're making the exact <laughs> argument that the opposite of what you were saying earlier. Well, I'm going to give my <laughs> data to a nice guy like Sundar Pichai, but doesn't mean uh -huh. I should give it to Satan. Well, oh. I mean, so <laughs> to be clear, like you're you're boycotting Actually, Amazon, but you're supporting Facebook. Like, I think we all end up failing the ethical consumer test. Uh, I think to your earlier point, we're all, but we're all being hypocritical. Being hypocritical but oh, oh. No, no. And I was just about to say, I felt so bad for you fanning yourself that you could turn on your fan. No, don't let me do that. No, you're, you're starting to glow. You need to turn on your fan. You poor woman. You're no, dying. I, I have to say, your, your fan is fantastic. But I mean, honestly, when it comes to this stuff, if you look at, there's a very good Twitter feed, which looks at the top 10 articles shared on Facebook. And it's horrifying. Oh, I mean, it's, it's scary. Eight out of, I agree. Eight, 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 pretty much seven or eight out of ten of the top Facebook articles for the day are Ben Shapiro, Open News Network, Fox News. The Shapiro's rest of it. huge on Facebook. Huge. That guy yeah. is really Satan. I don't think Zuckerberg's Satan. I think he's just kind of he's chaotic neutral. But no, I but, think but, I think with with with, with Shapiro, it it's got to have been tough growing up as the smartest kid in your high school and being that short, and he's got a massive chip on his shoulder, and you know I get it. He plays the giddy goat argument. He will throw out ten statements, eight of which are wrong, two of which are right, and if you try and take him up on that, then it, it, it's a very common debating technique. But I find him terribly hard work, and you know it, it's. You've Facebook actually given turning... given him more time than I would ever give him. I'm well, impressed. I mean, Facebook, Facebook is turning into Fox News. Yeah. You know, it's the kind of thing that your mm. parents get into. And I I love my in-laws dearly, but if they do one more survey that gives them my personal information on Facebook about which Star Trek captain are you or, you know, what kind of cat are you, it just it drives you nuts. Here's from the Facebook Top 10 uh, Twitter account for October 2nd, the top performing link posts. When they yeah, say top performing, exactly. they mean they oh, got boy. the most engagement, the most uh, retweeting kind of thing. Uh, this is in the last 24 hours. Fox News, the Duck Commander. Wow. You know who he's he is, still right? going. I can't believe he's around. The guy with a big beard. Yeah. WAFB Channel 9, Robert Reich. So that that's left. That's leftist. My modern yeah. met, Robert Reich again. I don't know how he got on there twice. Fox News again. I don't know how he got twice. Dan Bongino. Bonino. Bonino. Mark Levin and Tasty. That seems pretty ecumenical. I think Robert Reich getting two in there about coronavirus does not, but does not undercut the fact that usually that list is like two Ben Shapiro links, a Reverend Franklin Graham link, three Fox News links, yeah. something from OANN. It's usually built, yeah. and I think the point here is that Facebook is garbage, but you can't now just avoid it because if you have an Instagram account, if you have a WhatsApp account, you're now part of the, the broader empire. And so back in the day, I think it would have been much more easy to kind of like opt into a little bit of Zuck, you know, just a little bit, a sousant of Zuck, if you will, or whatever you call it. Sousant Zuck, yes. Yeah, I want. I want the Zuck emoji. Sounds, sounds like sweat, something sweaty. <laughs> I, I, the moment I said it, I'm like, that was a mistake. I should not have said that. No, it was the best thing I've heard all day, and it should be an episode title of something. It is. We just made it that. I'm, I'm editing this. I'm taking weirdos uh, and wankers out, and it's now a soup song of Zuck, but I'm going to have to teach 
The uh, editors had to do a CD, a CD on the C there. I don't know how we're going to do that, but we'll figure it out. Um, and you just sort of want the secret uh, spreadsheet that we all use to plan the show. So, no. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, I did. I showed it. I showed it. We have no secrets Hush, here. Our communist masters will will punish you for this. <laughs> it <laughs> is on Google Sheets. Oh, hey, Boris, oh, do we have access to Google Sheets? <laughs> oh, yes, of course, Natasha. <laughs> we can get in there anytime. So what? <laughs> <laughs> so what? I, I'm trying to remember the name of the Bond villain um, where they had the Russian. They had a really bad Bond girl. Um, oh yeah, Lottie Lenya with a knife in her shoe. It was it that was, was from Russia shame. with Love. Oh, she was great. Oh man, I have <laughs> I still have dreams about Lottie Lenya with a knife in her shoe. They're kind dangerous of ground. All of a sudden, that's where he's going with this idea. Okay, hey TikTok. So last oh, week, yeah. last week. Uh, we were uh, sitting here during the show. I tried to make the show as long as possible because we were waiting for the judge to rule on whether he was going to save TikTok or not. The minute I end the show, he rules. Uh, and he says, you can't block TikTok. What are you, nuts? Well, he didn't say it exactly like that, but TikTok got a reprieve. Now I think the president has other fish to fry. I bet you it's over. But aren't, isn't, aren't they actually getting banned on November 12th anyway, regardless? No, of, the judge, I mean, no, no, the no, the judge said no. Uh, Nope. I thought it was the ban from that weekend that had been stayed, but they were still being made dysfunctional on the 12th. I might be wrong. I don't know. Uh, Well, it it is a temporary ban in the sense that there has to be a trial, I think. Oh, no, you're right. You nailed it. The app is still scheduled to become non-functional. But this must be through some sort of (laughs) other hijinks. This whole thing is a marriage show, if you will. (laughs) It is a marriage show. It's a soupçon of marriage. Judge Nichols uh, apparently did did not quote at this time block additional restrictions by the Department of Commerce that would set be set to take effect at November twelfth. I presume those are the the finan- the easiest thing for the government to do is just say you can't have any financial transactions with Americans, which would immediately shut them down because they can't pay for their AWS, they can't pay for anything. Um, it would Surely be- you mean their Oracle cloud bill. <laughs> <laughs> Have they moved over I, I, to Oracle yet? I don't know. It's part of the deal. So I, I, the, the issue with the TikTok story, as far as I can tell, if you read through the TikTok of the TikTok story, it's that there's so many little twists and turns in what's going to happen. But as far as we can tell, and I'll take a shot at summarizing this, um, Oracle's going to buy a chunk of a kind of globalized entity that will withhold TikTok. Uh, TikTok's code will become available for Oracle to look through. Uh, Oracle will host TikTok, stealing a Google customer away because Trump likes Oracle because he's also evil and he doesn't like uh, Google, so it's relatively neutral. And uh, nothing will change effectively, other than you know a, a Trump uh, sycophant, Larry Ellison, will get uh, some free money. It's really just a, a disappointing end to a, a, a theoretically interesting moment in kind of global politics in the tech world. But instead, it's going to be a, a Trump crony payoff. Um, you know who's going to be really disappointed. Stevie Nicks. So Fleetwood Mac, 1977. I was, this is the year I would have graduated from college had I not been sidelined by radio. Uh, Fleetwood Mac released Rumors, one of the best-selling albums of all times, uh, featuring a song uh, by uh, uh, Stevie Nicks called Dreams. Remember that? I can't play it because YouTube will take us down. But... Dogface 208, I'm sorry, 420 Dogface 208 on TikTok (laughs) 
apparently yeah, has no guy. such scruples. Here's a guy. Now, don't play my sound because I don't want to be taken down. He is uh, longboarding down uh, the highway with a big bottle, a big bottle of cranberry juice. Mm-mm, that looks good. And uh, lip syncing to Fleetwood Mac's dreams. This is, by the way, does he have a feather tattoo on the side of his head? Okay. This guy's so, the only guy who's doing 2020 right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dogface 208, somehow, unaccountably, I don't know why, because that wasn't the most exciting TikTok I've ever seen. Uh, what is that on this? What, what tattoo is that on his head? Yeah, it's feathers. Okay. Leo, can I help a little bit with That's this? That's cool. So, it became a hit. Yes, please. So he's done other stuff. So one of the things that I've learned about TikToks that my friends send me because they're cool and I'm not is that you'll often be sent a TikTok from someone who about which people already know. So there's kind of a, an in-joke or a meta theme to it. And so this guy, if I'm having my TikTok script, has a, a library of stuff that he's done. So we're seeing – So he has millions of, of followers. Millions yeah. of followers probably. Um, but for whatever reason, all of a sudden, <laughs> dreams – this, what is it, 43-year-old song by Fleetwood Mac is soaring to the top of the charts. Number 39 is in the top 40 on Rolling Stones charts of streaming songs. Suddenly, people everywhere are downloading it. I, I'm just imagining myself a bunch of 12-year-olds who never heard this song in their life going, oh, I like the bass line. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and playing it on Spotify. This is well, the okay. power of TikTok. I mean, okay, fair enough. First off, Fleetwood Mac to some damn good tunes. And suddenly you oh, never... Oh, it's a great song! A... If you never yeah, heard it, you... I don't blame you. You should listen to it. You never want to be in a car with me when Chain is playing because oh. I, it's, foot, it's foot to the floor, round the corner. You know, this is the ultimate Formula One track. And my wife would nearly kill me if she's in the car. <laughs> and I was, I was driving on that. But it's, it's fascinating how this has worked out because it seemed as though... TikTok was being banned for completely arbitrary reasons. And then you're like, well, Zuckerberg's close to Trump. Maybe he wants to get rid of the competition uh, because basically, you know, they bought Instagram. They bought WhatsApp. This is they're taking the Cisco route of buying the competition or subverting them in some ways. TikTok uh, isn't taking any more data than Facebook is. But the mm -hmm. difference is it's our data rather than. Chinese data and the Oracle deal doesn't seem to do anything. It's no, all of course not. Oracle is uh, Oracle it's is hosting it. It's it, yeah. And I'm telling you, it's the president has completely lost interest. He's completely forgotten about it. The Commerce Department isn't going to do it. It's over. It's over. Meanwhile, Nathan Apodaca, aka 420 Dogface 208. I am. <laughs> I can't play the music, but I'm going to do my best Stevie Nicks as he sings. Well, They're still going to take you down, man. Well, well here you go again. You got me free. That's not good. The thing that's so. bizarre to me about this is that this whole saga has gone so off the rails that at this point, I think a Trump crony getting a bunch of money is the best case scenario for me because the other scenario is the complete splintering of the Internet, which means the complete splintering of our reality. That's right. No, you don't want a Chinese internet, a U.S. internet, a U.K. internet. You don't want that. That's the whole, yeah. the whole point of the internet is everything flows freely. Um, and I feel like if if TikTok were banned here or was forced to break off, I mean, China already does have its own internet. 
I think yep. it would be completely reasonable for European countries to look at our, you know, American owned social media and be like, huh, now wait a minute. These are th- these platforms actually like Facebook actually was shown to be used by uh, meddling foreign agents in our last election. Maybe we should do something about those. And yeah. ugh, someone should do something yes. about those. Yes. But it does contribute to the complete splintering of the main way that we communicate now, which scares me a lot. So that's a really good point, Simone. But I, I think that the thing we, we lost that we could have really had the moment about is algorithms and how they work. Like, for example, people said that Ooh. TikTok, because its algorithm was in China, could be used to influence voters in America. Uh, true. Now, was it happening? I don't think so. But, like, it could happen. But one thing we should do is mm-hmm. turn that lens around to its stuff from home. We don't know how the news feed works. We probably should. There probably should be more clarity around, around how these major social algorithms work so we can better understand how we're being um, – Manipulated is a strong word, but influenced, say, by these major companies. Did you watch uh, I think the 100%. Netflix Social Dilemma? Has anybody watched that? I t- My mom says I should, but I haven't. No, yet. don't. Your mom's wrong. I tried to watch <gasps> it. It's awful. <laughs> it's complete oh, propaganda. Uh, and, you know, obviously, I'm not a Facebook fan, um, but it's completely slanted. It's one of those, they have these fake montages of like a family who, and, you know, the kid is just, I can't, can't raise his eyes away from the phone because he's always on Facebook. <laughs> it's just be, it's, it's reefer madness for the 21st century. Do you remember that movie? Do you, any of you old enough? Oh that? yes. No, it's hilarious, no. but I'm, it's a but, anti-marijuana movie from the forties, I think. And all the horrible things that will happen to you if you smoke the happy weed. This is that, <laughs> this is that, this is, you know, no, it's, 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 yeah, the devil, yeah. it's, the devil, it's the devil's cabbage for a new generation, yeah. for a new generation. Yeah. But I mean, I, I do worry that, um, you know, the the people's interactions online are being so directed. And yeah, OK, from an algorithmic perspective, it makes it, it makes great sense. People like this. Therefore, we should promote this. But if you think back to, OK, um, I'm being an old fart here, but I mean, when I grew up in the UK in the 1970s, we had three television channels, about eight national newspapers and about four radio channels. And now I do what, you know, and compared to 100 years ago where you just had a few newspapers and that was it, the amount of information that people are having to deal with right now is really, really disturbing. When you look at psychologically how people deal with this, they just basically turn it off and you go with tribal bases. So we're we're facing mm-hmm. a very interesting sort of crux point of civilization in terms of how we deal with information overload. And we haven't had to deal with this before. It's going to be very interesting and possibly very horrifying in terms of how we deal with it. Well, we're not. I I uh, mean, like, look at QAnon. Yeah, we're not. Yeah. No, it's okay. I was just going to say, I think Trump being diagnosed with COVID is a perfect uh, example of that happening. Because even I found myself just kind of compulsively checking the news, even though I know, like, it's been an hour. Nothing's happened in the last hour. I don't need to be constantly checking, but the fact that I can, I think, just encourages bad habits. And it's when you say the news, you mean Twitter. Actually, I mean NPR.org. <laughs> oh, don't lie. Artisanal. <laughs> free. Free NPR, rep- NPR represent. Definitely. <laughs> Oh, all right. If you say so. I, you know, it's funny. I wake up in the morning, first thing in the morning, check Twitter. Who else is sick? Uh, 
So uh, we're going to take a little break, come back with the final segment. But I do want to play. We had a we had a wonderful week. Can you turn my audio on? Uh, we had a wonderful week this week on Twitter uh, on Twit. I'm not. We're not Twitter. Uh, but uh, we had a wonderful week, and I have a little movie uh, that shows a little bit of what happened this week on uh, on Twit. Smoke, Mary? Thanks. Are you sure Jimmy will be back soon? Sure, any minute. You know what they're smoking? Those aren't cigarettes. And Mary is about to get wild. I mean, that was a real hit. <laughs> That's a third. <laughs> Look at him. Uh-oh, here it comes. The crazy Mary Jane dreams. This is the most she looks happy movie. And relaxed. I guess uh, I saw it. I was pretty high when I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> is this a bad part? This is this is this a boring part? You want to take a powder on us and blow us top into the DA? You mean you think that we are? Where's the party scene? That's what I want. You know what, John? I think our memory of this. <laughs> okay, that's accurate. That's just my laugh. What are you trying to say, Leo? Hurry, hurry, hurry. There's a terrible fight going on. Yes, yes. A part of fight, too. That's me when we're done with social distancing and I can touch people again. I can touch a person. I can touch a person. <laughs> All right, this isn't turning out anything like I'd hoped. I guess literally, I was so high when I saw this first time, it it seemed more amusing. Why do they have guns? Because they're marijuana users, and he she. Are they NYPD? <laughs> Meanwhile, what's he going to stick around and, and what's he doing? Yeah, go ahead, you guys. Uh, get those people in the paddy wagon. I'm going to see if there's any joints left. Give me a glass of water. Who's behind you? No, no, no. Go hang if you don't. Go uh, no. oh, hang if you don't. Sorry. Get ready to know what you know. There's an amazing film where they actually uh, they take an acid user and she's just like, do I boil the baby or something? It's just... <laughs> oh, God. All right. Oh, We're going to actually show an actual promo. That was Reefer Madness. This is what happened this Silhouette week. belongs on a coin. Yeah. Oh, you do belong on a coin. Regal. I want the Jeff Jarvis quarter. Previously on Twit. Hands on Android. I have a phone that folds. That's right. It's the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 2 5G. I've got some tips and tricks coming at you next. Twit events. We thought it'd be kind of interesting to get some of the smartest people I know together to talk about how business is going to change when the world gets back to normal. I think the COVID aftershocks will be with us uh, for many, many years into the future. And it doesn't all have to be bad. Tech News Weekly. 
Why did Google decide that the unlocked version of the Pixel 5 in America needs millimeter wave when every other country on earth where the Pixel 5 will be sold, no models will have millimeter wave? And the answer we're getting so far is, is basically Google felt pressured by carriers. And that just to me is just so backward and it's already resulted in price disparities. Security now. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> we have Amazon Ring's announcement of their autonomous home security flying webcam. No one oh, who designed shame. and tests these things has a dog or cat. They would dive <laughs> under the bed and never be seen again. Twit. <laughs> Oh, what a what a week it was! I of course. No, my, I mean, I'm sorry. I grew up with with cats and Labradors. That flying drone is toast. The second oh, it yeah. lands on its recharge oh, yeah. station. Oh yeah. Lisa you know, wants to not- buy one at 250 bucks just so we can give it to the cats to eat. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna dress it up like a bird. It's gonna be so much fun. Oh my God! Our show today brought to you by Barracuda. Every time I uh, do these ads, I want to. I want that heart. Ding, 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 ding. Barracuda. Actually, Barracuda is really well known as the provider of cloud-enabled, enterprise-grade security solutions for every part of your network: email, data, applications, and of course, the network itself. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about Barracuda's total email protection. Because we know 91% of all cyber attacks start with an email. I don't know if you read that great article. Uh, I think it was in The Atlantic about the Norsk Hydro ransomware exploit. This happened last year. Wasn't that well written? Uh, This is one of the biggest aluminum makers in the world. How did this entire company get shut down? It cost them $60 million. They got shut down. Because of an email. An Italian customer sent an email to a Norse Hydro employee with an innocent attachment, except it was intercepted and a malicious attachment was substituted. And that's all it took for the bad guys to take down that entire company. $60 million in losses. Now, put yourself in that position. You've got employees working remotely, dozens, hundreds, maybe even thousands. Each of one of them is getting tons of email every day. And all it takes is one click on the wrong email and spear phishing, ransomware, account takeover, conversation hijacking. It could cost you money. It could cost you customers. It could cost you reputation. You've got to protect yourself against email threats. And that's what Barracuda is an expert. They've noticed, by the way, since this all started, a spike of 667% in COVID-related spear phishing attacks. That's a huge jump. They impersonate the World Health Organization, or worse, maybe they imp- impersonate your HR manager or the boss, and they and they purport to have emails with important information. Open this PDF up. We want to protect you. Here's our policy. And you open it, and the whole thing is shot. You need the protection Barracuda Total Email Protection can offer. It includes all-in-one email security, backup, and archiving. That may be a legal requirement depending on your business. AI-based protection. And you want an AI-based because the threats are constantly shifting from spear phishing, account takeover, business email compromise. You need protection that's as nimble and changes as rapidly as the bad guys are. It gives you an automated incident response that is really important. It gives you the options to very quickly and efficiently address the attacks. We know the faster you react, the less damage there will be. 
And they, they even offer security awareness training for your workforce because, after all, aren't your employees the first line of defense? You need this. Now, I'm going to tell you there's a very easy way to see what threats are lying in your Outlook mailbox today. Barracuda is offering you a secure, free email threat scan of your Office 365 account. I don't care how big your business is. They'll do the whole thing. It's free. Barracuda.com slash twit. Uncover those threats hiding in your inbox. No point in sticking your head in the sand. They're there. You need to know they're there. And you need to know that you can stop them. Barracuda.com slash twit. One of the most respected names in security. And they're here to help with your email. Barracuda.com slash twit. Barracuda, your journey secured. Treasury, speaking of ransomware, Treasury Department is now warning people. This is an advisory from the Office of Foreign Assets Control. If you pay ransomware to cyber actors, you will be violating OFAC regulations and you could be prosecuted. So not only only are you hit by ransomware... (laughs) Your company's down, but if you dare to pay the ransom, which is, of course, everybody agrees a bad idea, but we know it happens often. Yeah. You could go to jail. What? Do they have well, okay. another solution for helping people get their stuff back, or is that just like, no, no? I don't know. I mean, this, this, this whole thing really worried me because. Okay, first off, I mean, the the Treasury statement was an advisory. They said it wasn't done by the rule of law, but that day is coming. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, we shouldn't be paying criminals to get our data back. You should be investing instead in proper data backups and restore facilities so that Please. you can say to these people, get lost, we can have this backup in 24 hours. It has mm-hmm. been done before. It can be done again. Put the initial investment in there, and you can tell the criminals to go swivel. You know, it's uh, getting harder, and I'll tell you why. And, and I know it's harder because companies like Norse Hydro, who should be prepared for such a thing, in fact, they had a plan, uh, still were unable to stop it and fix it. And here's a f- couple of reasons. First of all, these these ransomware guys are getting very sophisticated, and they're now targeted attacks. This isn't an email that's sent to a million people across the country looking for 100 Mm. Bitcoin. These are – they're going after your company, so they're very sophisticated spear phishing attacks. The other thing is they don't trigger the ransomware right away, and I think this is one of the reasons it's a big threat. What we're seeing is they will wander around your network for months – Sussing out all your, for instance, backup strategies, all your offline backups, infecting whichever of those they can infect and doing something. And this is the new thing, exfiltrating data. So Canon, this happened to Canon, remember, Canon got encrypted, lost a lot of data. They didn't pay the ransomware. So the second arm of this attack was to release information about Canon customers to the public net. So it's blackmail on two fronts. You you ever want to see your data again? Pay us. Oh, and by the way, we have your we have all of the information about your customers. And if you don't pay us, we're going to release that. So it's a lot. I it's hard. I don't. I I'm terrified. Mm. I'm terrified. Uh, I got to say the the bigot the one that really scared me most was the Maersk hit. You know, second largest container carrying organization in the world they were down to paper after getting hit by a ransomware attack you know this was a a serious economic hit and 
we can't just keep paying these people off. We need to build systems which can, you know, bounce them off like a ren off a screen door. You know, I mean, it's just a question of getting the, the infrastructure in there and the backup systems in there. And I get they're getting smarter. They are going to go in and try and, you know, deal with all this stuff but we've dealt with this with viruses we've dealt with this in other areas this has to be dealt with because otherwise we're just paying criminals well worse yeah. than that people are dying so a german hospital reported that after a ransom attack a patient died because of lack of care this week the universal health services was attacked this is one of the largest healthcare operations in the world they care for 3.5 million patients every year 400 facilities in the u.s and the uk uh, they were down just as the same thing. They were down to using paper. Their uh, x-ray machines were offline. They couldn't use them. Oh, my God. Um, they had to, and this is, the, this is the sad part of it. They had to redirect ambulances to other hospitals. They reported that four patients died because of that redirection. So this is wow. now costing lives. This is now very, very serious. I completely agree with you, Ian. I just think it's almost impossible to stop. Yeah, I think I completely agree with Ian, but I also think it becomes an arm race just like it is with any other hack where they're going to keep getting better. White hats are going to keep building stronger systems, but they're going to kind of move in tandem. And by the way, what kind of, speaking of Satan, what kind of evil person attacks a hospital network during a a pandemic? That is a monster. monster. That is somebody who values Bitcoin more than human life. Shocking. I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm sorry, this is the way that, that, that criminals operate. There's a thing in the UK where if somebody had a disabled handrail installed outside their flat, they'd get robbed because people knew they were oh. disabled. Criminals have, oh uh, you know, they're, they're, they're scum this way. And I'm sorry, you need to fight them direct. And what worries me about the ransomware thing is in, insurance companies are encouraging companies to pay off the ransomware. Because it's a cheaper solution than actually rebuilding from scratch. So you're encouraging crime by the insurance industry. So I think, honestly, it's time for people to say, if you you are legally liable if you don't have the ability to recover from this stuff. Because this is just going to grow and grow and grow otherwise. We need to cut this off right now. Yeah, I think there's definitely nothing wrong with making it harder for them. I think make it harder for the criminals to get in, but also stiffer civil penalties. Like when the Equifax hack happened, I thought the company should be put out of business. They arrogated themselves Mm. the right to collect all of my information, which I didn't really like, to be clear. And then they lost it all in a very embarrassing manner. And they were given a slap on the wrist. No, that should should be a a shut-down offense. And I think if we had that level of civil penalty in place for companies that are bad at cybersecurity, yet demand the right to have lots of our data, then we would see real reform. Then we would see more money going into cybersecurity, more into offense and defense. But we just don't see it because they know that if they get hacked, eh, what, what, what are the people going to do about it? You know, Maybe they'll no, lose some customers, but it's not the end of the world. That's damn right. Equifax actually made a profit out of that hack because they put third-party you know, security checking services, which they happen to own, you know, as part of the deal. Their share price went up after they did a deal with the, with the, with the DOJ. There is no penalty on this. So you should really penalize companies for bad security. But it ain't happening yes. at the moment. I don't want to get political, but meanwhile, H-1B visas 
have been basically cut off by the White House. New restrictive rules greatly reduce the number of foreign workers. This was opposed by Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, Intel, PayPal, and Twitter, among dozens <laughs> of others, because these tech giants often bring in highly trained security personnel and others. These are the highest skilled, in many cases, tech workers. So in a way, you're saying, and by the way, uh, let's not any, let any of those people from foreign countries come in and help us with this problem. There is a a workforce grant program. They're going to give up to 30 grants to train U.S. citizens for middle to high-skilled H-1B occupations, which is a great idea. $150 million is going to be allocated to this. It's going to be years before they can replace yeah. these, these workers that we're losing. And it's honestly uh, an, anti, it's an anti-immigrant thing. These yes. H-1B visas have been mm-hmm. around for a long time. They're not taking jobs. Um, and it, you know what? If you think they are, then great. Give these grants. Get these people. Get Americans trained to take the jobs. Um, but don't yet <laughs> cut off the H one B visa because it may be that that's exactly the wrong thing to do at this time. I mean, I've got to say, I was with Trump on the H one B thing, and this is not as a, a, a thing I would say in pretty much any other area of policy, but. If you look at the H-1B applications from 2010 to about 2015, 80% of those weren't for the really high-class computer technicians. They were for basic admin skills. And they were being used by outsourcing firms to yeah, basically that's wrong. I you know, with you. get get people in, and that and that that was fundamentally wrong. Yeah. But at the current situation, we've got to you know. No one is wanting they've, – they've had to redo the H-1B auction a second time because no one wants to come to America. It's over, yeah. So yeah. even if you didn't cut it off, nobody's applying. I wonder why. Um, well, I mean the problem is tech firms use this to keep salaries low because if you've got an H-1B worker who knows that if you fire him, he's got to get him and his family out of the country in 30 days. That's right. That's a very big incentive to abuse workers. Um, Now, I'm all for getting the best talent into the U.S. using the H-1B system, but it was abused for many years. This isn't a solution, though. No. Yeah, I I have friends that are on H-1B visas who are in the upper echelon tech jobs working for a big four American tech companies paying loads of American taxes and and not suffering from what uh, you're accurately describing. So I, if we could find a way to cleave off the abuse, I'd be in favor of it. But mm-hmm. but fundamentally, I'm going to be more opposed to anti-immigrant policies that I'm going to be worried about uh, wage issues instead of tech. Yeah, yeah, can I pick a poison, I suppose? There's no perfect way out of it, I don't think, Ian. No, that's fair enough. Uh, if you're in Ireland, uh, you should know that uh, the bread that Subway uses to make their sandwich uh, actually. Oh, God, this was it, terrible. <laughs> it's not legally defined as bread. I think this is pretty funny. Uh, the Irish court said there's too much sugar in it. <laughs> oh, wow. It's okay. It, it is cake. It's not bread. So it can't be <laughs> categorized as a staple food. Staple foods in Ireland are not taxed. Subway bread is, in fact, taxed because it has a sugar content of 10% of the weight of the flour in the dough. Highly well, no, exceeding the two percent. What are they doing with that bread? Why is it's it so why tasty? Is it that way? Though you know, <laughs> I'm willing to bet that McDonald's hamburgers have their fair share of sugar in them as well. Oh yeah. But no, I mean, as a Brit, this has been something which, I mean, okay, bread—it's your daily staple, but it's just horrifying the it's amount cake. of sugar you put into bread. It's cake. You're right. I mean, 
Uh, we, there is a bread in our local supermarket. There's a bread that advertises only one gram of sugar per slice. What? Seriously? For slice? I mean, yeah. Now, I, I, I make my own bread. I put, at maximum, a teaspoon of honey in there. But the amount of sugar in American bread is horrifying. I buy diabetic slice low simply to avoid it and make my own now. When because... I make my bread, it's got flour, water, salt, and starter. I don't put exactly. sugar in it. Yeah. Do you know you how know, hard well, it is to buy delicious without sugar? Yeah. Oh like yeah! Everything in America has no, so right. much sugar in yeah. it. Like just trying to find things that are, have no added sugar is like a grocery store sleuthing experiment. And I've been trying to oh, yeah. see my abs, so I've been working yeah. on cutting out some Sugar's, sugar in my diet. Sugar is poison. But yeah, it, it's but brutal. it's a cheap it's a cheap additive and it's a preservative and it really adds to the the mouthfeel <laughs> of every delicious treat. <laughs> Well, yeah, but yeah. I mean, at the, at the oh, same time, it's, it's just ruinously unhealthy. Oh, it's terrible I mean, my, for you. You know, yeah. it, my waistline, my waistline has gone through the roof, but the, um, the amount of sugar in pretty much everything over here is terrible. Happy I news. So you would be pro something like this happening in the U.S. Yes. As, this, yes. as in Ireland. Subway, take the sugar out. Well, the scary thing about Subway is their chicken is they they sued a Canadian broadcast oh, no. company journalists who analyzed their chicken and found that it was 42.8 I think percent chicken it was under 50 <laughs> percent the rest is, the rest, the rest is corn I guarantee you I yeah, guarantee the, you the rest the rest is emulsifier and fillers yeah, and the rest yeah, of it yeah. and they actually sued these journalists and lost you know, the idea oh, is you could God. put out chicken that is less than 50% actual meat. You'd sue against them and lose. Yeah, you've lost the argument. I've eaten Subway if, once since I came over here if, and never again. If you ever learn something like this about the Popeye's chicken sandwich, I need you to oh, not tell me. Have you tasted Do not it? Say <laughs> have anything. you had one? I've never had one. Are they good? I love Popeyes. I've had several oh. and they're great. <gasps> but yeah, but this isn't just any Popeyes, Alex. This is their yeah. chicken sandwich, their new chicken I mean, sandwich. That's... This is a special, special, special thing. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I... Leo. All Popeyes is good. <laughs> it's just all Popeyes. Pop... Really? Popeyes, I'm going to pull over. I'm 100%. Really? I have yeah, never I'm, been to a Popeyes. It's so Dude. good. I, I got onto them in New Orleans, and now whenever I see one, I'm like, we got to go now. So you're, talking, pretty, just... pretty terrifying. you're talking their buttermilk fried chicken sandwich, right? You're not talking just yeah. any... You're talking a crispy. I'm talking about that. <laughs> I, I, I tried it, boy. and it's just like I couldn't work out what the fuss was about. It's like it's a bog standard fried chicken sandwich. That's End because you're British. Look at this is from a guy who thinks a bacon <laughs> buddy is edible. Yeah. No, a bacon buddy is the food of the gods, and I will stand okay, and okay. die on that. Hill. I rest my case. Just, <laughs> just because you like Nando's and won't like any other chicken doesn't mean you need to crap all over really important homegrown American specialties like Popeyes. Yeah, we don't have I mean, choices, okay. Ian. We have to make do with what we've got. It's interesting, though. I worked in a Kentucky Fried Chicken when I was a student, and I can never eat it again because I know what goes on behind the you know behind things. I am tempted by a chicken fillet, though. I've never had one. What is the fuss about? No, I'm not going good? to Chick Fil A because I don't like. They don't like. I don't. No, like I mean they've politics. got they've got lousy yeah. corporate policies, yeah. but 
is it that good? Because people keep on talking about it. Look, and it's, the look, surprise, you oh, go, oh, oh, I want, want. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, okay. Was, was, the show is over, insane. kids. Everybody go home. I'm out of here. I got to go get a chicken sandwich. I mean, there were fights <laughs> breaking out over this. It can't be that good. Why would you punch someone over a chicken sandwich? Pop. Yeah. Wait a people punch Have you people ever been really, Black really, Friday really dance. hungry, man? Popeyes <laughs> near me. I gotta find a Popeyes now. Oh, there's well, we one five the and a half miles away. I'm on my way, Popeyes, Louisiana. Come on, Leo. Hey, Popeyes you doesn't sponsor this show now. <laughs> no, I wish they did Not though. Yet. If they Come did, on, I would. You... I mean, Leo, you have an in and out just five miles down the road. Go and get that's a double not... double with Monster Sauce. Oh, that's pretty good too. Um, okay, Simone, which would you prefer? Which would you rather? Uh-oh. <laughs> a double-double with monster sauce. Is that what you just said, and, uh, uh, Ian? Yeah. Oh, versus a Popeye's buttermilk. Buttermilk. Uh, chicken sandwich. That's oh, this really is- hard because I do believe that the burger is, like, a good burger is the pinnacle of food. However, I do love that sandwich. I think I would go for the sandwich. <sighs> I like how correct that was, though. She said correctly that burgers are the pinnacle of the food pyramid true but she would go for the sandwich correct that was exactly right Simone I want to become your friend at some point in time because you've got good taste we're already friends oh, <laughs> we're Luddites oh, there we go. we're on Twitch together oh you Luddites <laughs> I'm so okay. it's, it's 8 o'clock here on the east coast I haven't had dinner yet alright you go eat you go eat we're gonna wrap this up because I got a Popeye I got a date with Popeye uh uh, I want to thank Olive Oil for joining us, uh, a.k.a. Simone de Rochefort. <laughs> you kind of look a little bit, a little bit. I've been told that before so many times. Yeah. As soon as you said I have a date with Popeye, I was like, people have said that I look like Olive Oil. And you went Olive. there. I can't Olive. believe it. I would, I would gladly pay you cut. Tuesday for a Popeye's chicken sandwich today. <laughs> Simone, you're great. Thank you. Please come back. I, I just love having you on. She is a video producer by day at Polygon. Uh, Doom Quasar on the Twitter. Don't know what that means, but it sounds dangerous. However, of course, you must listen to Rocket, her podcast with Brianna and uh, Christina. It's such a good show. That's on uh, Relay.fm. Anything else you want to plug? Uh, I've got a video coming out on Polygon's YouTube channel on October 19th on architecture in video games, and it's going to be very cool. Oh. And, yeah, we just had our 300th episode on Rocket. Don't listen to the old ones. It's a news show, so, like, the old ones are completely out of date by now, but come back and listen to our show. It's very fun. Wait a minute. Game architecture. Do you have a background in architecture? I don't. I have a, a layman's interest in architecture, uh, but I talked to Stuart McDonald, who did the world design for Control, uh, which came out last year. And it takes place in this incredible, trippy, brutalist building. Um, and it's just basically about all the ways that architecture manifests in games and how it can tell us what to do without explicitly like saying, hey, you have to do this. But you behave a certain way because of the building that you're in. Control is full of brutal, what they call brutalist architecture. Oh, hey, that's, I made that. I know you did. Thanks. Yeah. And, and I shot that on my iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is, this is real New York stuff. Um, wow. I, now Thank I can't wait. So out. that'll it's be coming really out in good. a couple of weeks. She's working mm-hmm. on it right now. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Simone. Thank you. Thank you for letting me plug. Yeah, of course. 
Uh, Ian Thompson is our favorite Scotsman. And he <laughs> he writes for the register. My birth is not accent. But no. Yeah, I know. He's got some posh upper class accent. Replaced his good Scottish brogue. If you had to, could you Scottify it? Uh, I could, but it, I'd, I'd sound a wee bit, you know, false. But oh, um, well, I have just put on the ILC channel a British fry-up, which is the best food ever created. But, um, yeah, Oof, no, yeah. Scots, my Scots heritage I'm uh, proud of. I look damn good in a kilt, got married in one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see, this this kind of really makes cast oh. some doubt on your judgment regarding the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Oh, come on, look. You've got black, pu- <laughs> you've got black pudding at 3 o'clock on the right-hand side. What is black and pudding Mr. made out of, Ian Thompson? Fear. Uh, it's, oh, it's, bl- it's blood... Fat and oatmeal, and it's blood that makes um, it black. Yeah. Okay, just checking. But you know, basically, uh, black pudding and haggis. Black pudding is blood and, and fat. Haggis is sheep's heart, lungs, and uh, and entrails. It's what my Scottish uncle called what's left of the sheep after some English bastard has gone through and stolen the rest of it. But I mean, I mean, look at it. It's glorious sausage. The sausage baked bean dam. You know, the you know, bacon I just is lost there. my uh, appetite for uh, Popeye's chicken sandwich. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need. I don't need anything more. Again, I, I'm full for life after the the haggis description. I think. I think that's like a Scottish prank. I don't think people actually eat those. I think they put them out to scare people. Like I me, think it's a like hangover cure. You'd be. You know. Are you kidding? I would. I ate that in 20 minutes flat and was just. Give me more, you know. It's... You weren't comatose? <laughs> uh, that would kill me. If I ate that much food, you'd roll me out in a wheelbarrow. Yeah, but you know what? There's no sugar in it at all. <laughs> but, you know, I got criticism online for that because I didn't include fried bread and I didn't inc- include a grilled tomato. Now, grilled tomato, mm-hmm. not how I roll. Fried bread, it was just, it was enough food as it was. But <laughs> a proper British fry-up? Seriously, that is the that's the dog's bollocks. It, it's just that's yeah. my point exactly. The dog's bollocks. <laughs> is that part of the do they go in? Thompson, go in the haggis? <laughs> the register dot com. There's the reason dogs lick them. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex Wilhelm, thank you so much for being here from my childhood home in beautiful Rhode Island. He writes yes, for sir. TechCrunch. Anything you want to plug? Um, yeah, yeah so I'm a on disgusting Twitter, meal Alex. that you like to eat, anything, you know, I mean, I'm learning how to cook, but I'll just, I'll just say this. I I've never had haggis and I'm going to die that way. I'm going to die a better man for it. And with that, we can go back to you, Leo. What's the name of that cute dog on your Twitter account? That is a cute little puppy. Oh, that's one of our two uh, little Havanese. That dog is uh, oh, Scott. He is the smaller of the two, Scott. and they are both inside the house right now, uh, probably being brats. I'm going to go inside Scott. and say hi to them just a minute. Scott! Scott, you're a Scotsman, even if he's a Habanese. He does watch a lot of Scottish television because I watch Scottish television, so he's a, he's a fan, but uh, he just speaks no English, sadly. Uh, there he is. And, of course, Alex is the only person I know on Twitter that has a balance sheet for his big Twitter photo <laughs> background. Okay. Just keeping it real. Who is that that I hear faintly laughing That's in the background? John. That's John. Camera <laughs> okay. VR. Our technical director for the show today. John is our studio audience for the day. 
It's kind of John's like fantastic. Uh, it's kind of like the Tonight Show, where it's just people who work here that can laugh at the jokes. I'm glad he's having a good time. He's having that a good me- time. <laughs> thank you, Simone. Thank you so much, uh, Ian. Thank you so much, Alex. You guys are great. This has been the most bizarre twit in history, <laughs> and I loved every second of it. Thank you so much. Uh, we do this week in tech. Our technically, it's a news roundtable this week. I don't know what it was. Uh, we do it every Sunday around two thirty Pacific, five thirty Eastern, twenty one thirty UTC. You can watch or listen live now. If you're in the UK, if you go to twit.tv/live, there's uh, video feeds and audio feeds. But I do want a little programming note. If you're in the UK, there are two audio feeds. There's TuneIn and Spreaker. Tune in after an adverse court ruling will no longer play United States podcasts in the UK. They're terrified of Sony and Warner Music. So uh, it will say I that we are. Heard about yes, this. we are blocked on TuneIn UK, which is nuts. Cause oh, that's bollocks. I didn't even play Fleetwood Mac's Dreams. So I, you know, but anyway, that's the way it is. But you, so anywhere in the world except the UK, you can listen on TuneIn. Spreaker does work in uh, the UK. So use the Spreaker. Uh, channel. I apologize. Also, if you uh, watch us on Roku, as you might already know, we're certainly getting a lot of email. Roku changed their API, broke our app. You can't watch uh, Twit on Roku through the Twit, the old Twit app. There are other ways. There's a uh, probably the best is the YouTube app. But we are looking at. There is apparently Roku has another way to do. If you have a RSS feed, which obviously we do, there's another way to do it. Well, you wouldn't get the live stuff, but you'd at least get the shows and you could watch the video. Uh, we are working on that. Meanwhile, come to our website, twit.tv, to download shows, audio or video, uh, or subscribe in your favorite podcast client, because all podcast clients can get it. Um, and you'll, that way you'll have it for Monday morning and your early morning fry up. <laughs> There's nothing, Food of the gods. Nothing Food like of the gods. Black sausage with your morning twit. Uh, thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. Another twit. Is in the can. I gotta go to Popeyes. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are driving me insane. Yeah.